0: All right, guys, welcome back. It's a new Blood Rising podcast. We are... it's been a month and a half, but we're finally back in the studio. And it's, we're back with ECW's One Night Stand 2005. It's, in actuality, in terms of timeline, it's about four, four years and a few months since we last saw ECW in, under that banner in an official capacity having a pay-per-view. It's a little, things have changed a little bit, obviously, but we're going to have a good time going through it. We also have some business to take a look at with the rise and fall of ECW DVD. So as we get into that, I'm William Rankin, joined by Jason Kiesler. How's it going, folks? Charlie Stabile. It's extreme. (laughs) And and of course, Martin Dixon.
1: Oh, Dios mio.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That meme, Charlie, that will never get old. It it plugs into anything. It's extreme.
1: (laughs) It
0: can be used to explain away anything. Oh yeah. (laughs) Anytime somebody has a negative comment about anything that we do, well, it's it's extreme. (laughs) <laughs> like the one person that was so angry with our tribute video that man they, what, they, what they,
2: a bitter <laughs> little
3: bastard
0: <laughs> wait someone was mad at that they hated well, yeah, the that's, song that's where,
4: that's where the meme came from
3: <laughs> yeah
0: because yeah.
4: it was just like dude
0: chill the fuck out <laughs> like the, <laughs> it's a joke <laughs> like we didn't pick the song you know we didn't do it thinking like oh this is such a sweet song i was like no the band is called extreme it's yeah. you know it it <laughs> Just kind, of, just kind of go with it, man. It's, it's extreme. <laughs> it's, it's extreme. Okay. <laughs> Which, by the way, like, one thing I want to bring... Like, I, I really appreciated a couple people reached out about the fact that... All right, yeah, people heard the AE podcast is doing... They officially are doing what's called their Season 3 doing the Invasion Era. And it was like, you know, I, I appreciate people reaching out. It's not a big deal. It's awesome they're doing it. I'm sure they're going to have a great time. I'm sure they're going to do a great thing with it. And it's not like... I, I never want people to think, like, oh, we've got, like, that's our area. That's our – well, no, because, you know what? There was an Invasion era podcast, too, and we just stomped all over that yeah, and decided – There
1: was, wasn't there? <laughs> and, yeah. we, and we just <laughs> – Yeah, was. <laughs> and, 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 and
4: there was also –
0: I believe there was a podcast called Butts and Seats who was doing WCW before technically we started. But, you know what? Yeah, oh What well. happened to those guys? I, yeah. I think it's still out. There. I feel bad. I haven't checked up on some of those other podcasts but yeah I mean it's still you know out there but point being is like you know what we we all are we all are fans of wrestling we're all gonna have different takes on it I will tell you I will be up front I think one of the best ECW ones in terms of covering it was Place to Be Nation when they did uh not only not only like the it was mostly the WWE ECW stuff they were doing but um they uh, they did a fantastic job covering not only this, but what our next episode will be, which will be a lot of stuff, because we're talking about One Night Stand 06, and that involves the launch of the brand again. And there's a whole bunch of, I mean, from the sci-fi angle to just how just how poor it started off. There's so much stuff to cover there. They do a great job of it. Our goal is always we're going to have our take. Everyone's going to have their own take, so there's no bitterness. It is what it is. Have a good time, you know? You do you. Exactly, exactly. You know, so um, as we get started here, so we left off. It it was such a – Colin did such a good job kind of leaving us off, like where everybody went and stuff like that when it came to – the end of Guilty is charged, 01. I, here's where I want to get into kind of a pulse check. Again, a sign of the times or whatever here. We're getting into the, the Rise and Fall of ECW DVD comes out in, what is it, fall of, fall of 04? Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Now, I was not heavily watching wrestling at this point. At, when that DVD came out, how many of you guys, starting, starting off with Jason there, did you watch it when it came out initially? No, I did not. I wound up getting it on uh, a Netflix
3: disc rental a few years later. Nice. Mm. Both
0: discs? Mm. Yes. Nice. I never got a double disker from Netflix. That's awesome. I
3: was, I was spurging for the two at a time plan.
0: Oh, okay.
3: The, the eight ninety nine plan instead of the 7 dollars <laughs> <laughs> Char- um, Charlie, how
0: about, it was, oh, sorry, Jason, go ahead. I'm sorry.
2: Uh,
3: there was guys that I worked with at the restaurant that had it and I just never got around to going over and watching it. Like there was cause it was one working with Carrie and like we, the restaurant was across the street from a Best Buy and he came trudging over to work because he had ran over there in between double shift and bought it. Um, so I mean, there was a, I mean, there, there was a lot of buzz about it. I remember.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. I heard that, I heard in, in my case, it's similar. Charlie, I, you got it at the time, right? No, I didn't. Okay. No, um, I, no, no,
4: no, no, hold on. I wasn't watching wrestling at all yeah. uh, at the time, and I'd heard about it, and I think I was still bitter.
2: <laughs> <to be honest. laughs> who who would think, have guessed that?
4: Yeah. <laughs> Forever bitter. <laughs> yeah.
3: The Charlie Stabile story. There you go. There's he, he, your autobiography.
4: He's, he's bitter. Okay. He's. he's... <laughs>
0: Charles to be oh, like, okay. Ragnarok. <laughs> Ragnar-
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, standing ovation. But um, I wanted to see it, but it wasn't even that I wasn't watching wrestling. Like, my, my interest in the whole product just faded. I mean, it was gone. And I honestly didn't think I would, I would be watching wrestling ever again. But uh, I think the first time I ended up seeing the doc was with you. I think that's the way it worked. Um when we were in the apartment. I think we watched that thing together. Yeah. And I don't remember how we got a
1: hold of it.
0: Oh, I dude. I remember you had a cord, like an Ethernet cord from your Xbox into the all the way down the hallway into your bedroom. <laughs> the hundred foot Ethernet cord? Yeah. That was taped down with duct <laughs> or, tape and whatever. And you had like you created the WWE network in oh <laughs> nine. <laughs> i'm serious charlie had You're everything about- he downloaded like and there were good copies of everything there were good copies of all wrestling shows pay-per-views current or whatever and then he would he would connect them to the xbox and we'd watch him in the living
2: room that's right <laughs>
4: yeah you know, we'd watch him through views or something yeah Mhm. yeah but we watched that doc and even to this day um Because I I rewatched the the documentary last night because it's on the network. It is one of the best documentaries that they've ever put together. And it's which is fascinating to me because it's one of the first ones. Yeah, like it's one of the first ones that they really that they really put all their effort into. And it's it man, like there's so many stories that they tell. I I forgot most of them, (laughs) you know, like Todd Gordon being a mole.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
4: you know, stuff stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's 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 a good time. It really is.
0: Martin, did you watch it at the
1: time? Uh, no, <laughs> just the worst bunch of fans. <laughs> um,
3: <laughs> no, We're um, Latin Catholic ECW fans. Yes.
1: Uh, well, to me, ECW was just really some initials. I never really had much of an affinity for it. I just never saw it. You know, here it was WWE or Bust. The the, the the most I knew of ECW was the video games and the Invasion. Oh,
2: I'm so sorry. So
1: <laughs> I didn't see it until actually quite recently, like getting the network recently,
2: yeah.
1: and I just sat down and watched it. Um, for contrast, the rise and fall of WCW, I went out and bought day one yeah. because <laughs> that was me. I'm, you know, I've recently described myself as a WCW apologist. <laughs> I don't know, and how, I wear that. Ba- I wear that badge with pride.
0: I don't know how much it did in sales because the ECW one set a precedent for sales. It was massive. Um, I didn't. Mm-hmm. I tried to look it up to find like, but I, I, I don't. I hope I'm not speaking hyperbole here, but I'm pretty sure there was a, there was a point in time where it was one of the highest selling DVDs, and it might still be.
4: No, I think it was the highest selling DVD that they'd ever had. I think I'm pretty sure it was. I I doubt it's that way. It's probably right
0: up there with John Cena's greatest rivalries that. (laughs) No, no, no. no, John
1: Cena, Word Life, (laughs) which has no matches on it.
4: (laughs) Or Or how about Batista? I I walk alone. Was that the first
0: one or was that the, the recent one?
4: I think that was I think that one's unleashed.
0: Okay, because that's or, the one with him like, in the limo. Like I didn't I didn't get yeah. the reaction. You know the reaction.
4: <laughs> <laughs> WWE likes to unleash a lot of things in their home <laughs> videos. Yes. You notice that ECW's well, got like four Unleashed volumes or right. something. The thing, <laughs>
0: the thing though, once uh, once you watch Rise and Fall, every DVD after that that's a documentary they use the exact same style in filming it. The exact same thing. They always start off with some kind of immediate rest. And then this heavy, heavy montage thing that culminates in like this, you know, after effects graphic they do of the DVD itself. And then they start from square one and work their way through it. But it's, it's not. I hate to say it's a lack of creativity, but they kind of found a formula and they have not strayed from it. Because if you watch the CM Punk one, the Paul Heyman one, they are virtually the same in the mm-hmm. way that they're put together. So, um, but we'll I'll talk about any, the what, interviews real quick, like yeah. how like excited
4: and, and like how enthusiastic so many of the interviewees are in the documentary. Oh yeah, yeah. And, Except then it, Tommy and, and, then, and then it gets the Tommy Dreamer.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: well, you know, like. The fans didn't know it, but, you know, the shirts that they would get in the mail, we were mailing them out to them. Like, Devon <laughs> Dudley mailed that shirt. You know? it's, also, it's like he's on
1: trial.
2: <laughs>
5: <Yeah>. <laughs> it's an admission of
2: guilt. Right.
1: There is a stage play in this. The trial of Tommy Dreamer.
3: He's... It's like if you're watching Law & Order, you know, they're the worst lawyers ever because they never actually prove anyone guilty. They just always trick them into confession. <laughs> to kill and an extreme, extreme like- Didn't have any coffee that day. and has no energy. Like, yeah, I killed her. I mean, I drug her down to the river and bashed her head on the rock. I killed her. And Devon Dudley mailed her a t-shirt. I mean, it was just...
0: <laughs> ding, ding. And then they cut to New Jack. I mailed that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs>
3: You could pay eight extra dollars and get it personally delivered by New Jack and he comes up and hits you in the dick with it.
0: With the music playing. Except the music plays and then he doesn't show up for 20 minutes to get you. You're like, what? why is this music playing outside my house? Stable gun. I. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh,
1: the ice cream vans around here are uh, are a bit hardcore.
0: <laughs> so it, it is. It The DVD itself, like I loved. The, the thing that's. What's interesting watching, because like, you know, Charlie, when we watched it in 09 and stuff like we weren't doing what we're doing now, which is watching every ECW pay-per-view leading up to it. So, you know, mm. it, it, if it, it I feel like it was a 100 percent different feeling from then watching it versus now watching it, because one of the remember, one of the last things we talked about is, man, that's Steve Carino. What an amazing run. And he's not in there, really. And that sucks. You know, like that's kind of a bummer is someone like him. is I not, just
4: realized that. And, and, yeah, yeah, just, yeah well, he wasn't on the. The reason the I, doc or the show.
0: yeah, I, and I not, I noticed when I was when I was putting together the, the video that we did, and I looked at, it and I was like trying to pull clips, and yeah, there's a ton of Sandman, there's a ton of Sabu, ton of Dreamer, there's very little of some guys like even just Incredible is not heavily in that DVD, like he's just really not in there yeah. very much was another one and he's on the show too so that was something i'd reach out to colin about i was like because they the response to this was what we were talking about off air briefly was the forever hardcore dvd which is basically everybody else (laughs) like shane douglas (laughs) yeah (laughs) right and i'd asked him about it i was like well what was the deal with it and colin kind of clarified it was like basically they only really use the dudes that were under their contract you know they really only focused on them and i and I was in the same boat most of you guys were I really wasn't watching the product then so I I had no idea who was being used in what capacity on raw or smackdown at that point so but yeah it's it is pretty masterful I the one thing I enjoyed was like they don't shy away from like they, it is pretty upfront. Like Paul Heyman could not pay them; he there was money issues, yes. and that's what led to the downfall. It's not like some. Well, you know, they they don't necessarily blame the WWF. Of course, they love to go into WCW and in they're pretty heavily
3: yes, too. Yes, man.
0: <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> man. This DVD
3: does a real good job of romanticizing ECW and vilifying WCW. Yeah. Like. Really bad. I mean, it's like where they were like, Paul couldn't pay us, <laughs> but I mean we loved him, so I worked for him for six months. It's like Derek Bischoff <laughs> was a motherfucker because he yeah. offered somebody a million dollars to go work for him. Like, wait All a right. minute. Did just say that you couldn't be paid?
2: Did they have, so it's, like, it's like
3: that's that's
1: WWE's narrative on ECW. Yeah. Uh-huh. That WCW was the bad guy. Yeah. Not yeah. the endless talent raids of, of the WWF.
4: Right. Yeah. There's this there's that one part of the doc where Eric Bischoff says uh, he's tar- he starts talking about whether or not that he truly rated ECW. And he goes, no, I didn't do that. And he's like and then he st- and he compares it to Vince McMahon in the 80s. And he's like, is that a raid? And he's like, no, I don't think so. But, but, you know, a lot of people think it is. Vince McMahon certainly does it. And I'm sitting there like, no, that was the same thing. Mm. And, and And there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, it's a it's a very smart move of Vince gathering up all the great wrestlers from the territories and Eric Bischoff. I mean, he knew what he was doing. I mean, and I think uh, as a counterpoint, it's in the WCW documentary that they did like a year or two later where he talks about how he wanted a cruiserweight division, and and ECW had those guys, and that's exactly what he wanted because he wanted something to lead off every episode of Monday Nitro.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I was trying to remember. Charlie is the Bischoff stuff still him an empty arena. <laughs> No, no 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 no
4: no no! I was so happy. Oh red yeah, but the uh, the eighteen hour marathon <laughs> up, <laughs> where he talked about everything he could think of, and they just intersplice it into different documentaries. Yes. <laughs> no no no. But it, it's it's just we're in that odd Eric Bischoff period where yeah, in the documentary, which is in 4 he's got the dark hair. By the time we get to one night stand, I mean, it's classic dickhead Eric Bischoff with <laughs> <laughs> with gray, with no hair, but it, you can tell it's gray and. Oh, that middle finger is off. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> like, we'll, we'll get into it later, but man, I I fucking love Eric Bischoff. I I really. He's do. he's yeah.
0: fascinating to listen to now. A lot. Oh yeah, his, yeah. It, mm-hmm. it, it really is. That's why I I kept hoping that they would bring him in. Now, and they could still. It still could happen they where might. he appears. Uh, never say never in wrestling, of course. Um, but the the thing is, like, you can't really villi- like unless. Of course, you vilify WCW if like you're a super fan of ECW. But if you're an objective fan, it's like, look, if I'm really talented at what I do and I like working over here, but they don't pay me very much. And Company B comes along and is like, you know what? We really like what you do too. And we can pay you this much and give you this many dates compared to that one. It's like, well, you can't fault them for doing that because it's like they can, they have the ability to pay. You know, it, it's, it's just like... Again, Jason, we you're getting to, like it's this romanticizing of what ECW was. Because the other thing we also, I think, keep into account, Charlie, you and I have talked about this point. There is a wave of nostalgia that basically kicks off in 2002 across pop culture. You know, mm. like, I Love uh-huh. the 80s becomes a thing. And then in wrestling, the prism of wrestling we're looking through... WWF goes through this period where they are really heavily, heavily referencing their past. Look at the opening video that we looked at for uh, WC, or I'm sorry, for WrestleMania X Eight, which is this this big this big deal of looking at oh Hulk Hogan, when I body slammed Andre the Giant, the wrestling world stood, you know, it was it was this massive achievement and everything, and and that's really important is that this is a heavily this is falls right in the nostalgia era. That you know, for which many would say we're not out of. Go ahead,
1: yeah. Well, it was, it was new for WWE at the time because famously WWF would go out of its way to erase its history at times,
4: yes. Um, yes, they would. and
1: even after this, I mean, let us not forget, you know, take a Triple H WrestleMania 27 for the first yep. in, <laughs> in uh, parentheses time. So, uh, but yeah, it was the first time I think it was a case of you know, shit, we've got rid of WCW, we've got rid of ECW. <laughs> what do we Did do? You, you know?
4: To get back to the, the romanticizing of ECW, uh, there's two parts in that doc that I really I find hilarious, but for different reasons. Because you've got the guys that are like ECW standard bears, the guys that come from there that they're, you know, I think Spike Dudley brings it up in the doc where he talks about, you know, we didn't know, like, well, why are we being loyal? You know, like, so a lot of us aren't getting paychecks, and then he goes, and then you'd have like the name stars, like Bam Bam Bigelow, go fuck that guy.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> you don't want to pay me? I'm going to WCW. I love that, but there's this one thing that Tom, you want to talk about romanticizing ECW? Like, you can point the finger directly at Tommy Dreamer because he has a line in this thing that is so full of shit. Uh, At at first, I just kind of nodded like right on, man. Wait, what the (laughs) fuck? That's not true. Yeah. So he says something like, we're probably the only wrestling company that ever closed that still had a ton of fans, still had a ton of people showing up. Like, dude, I don't care what the fuck you say. WCW still had more. They did. Yeah. Yeah. And Bischoff points that out, too. He's like, we were always like either number one or number two. It's like ECW was never anywhere near. Right. Where me or, uh, us or WWE were not that me personally that I don't think ECW could have done it at some point, but Tommy Dreamer saying that shit about oh yeah we were the only ones that ever closed that had a lot of fans like WCW is just the well, scratching the surface the AWA I mean
2: yeah. It's just, it was a
4: stupid thing to say.
0: Look at the compare the venues, too. Like an ECW venue is what, like 2,500 people? Of course, that looks huge. You know, that Mm -hmm. looks, you know, when it's packed, it's like, good God Almighty. Like it's like Wembley Stadium. But then, like, WCW (laughs) is running like in 15,000 or so. I forget. But, you know, they were they were bigger, much bigger.
4: Well, well, the best part of WCW is it's it's a it's about a five times the size of a house, but it's still about twenty five hundred people
0: showing up. Yeah, <laughs>
2: right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Although, as we as you know, uh, we all said by the end of season one, it was like they were they were onto something with where they were headed. They were onto something. It just yes, was they were too little too late, unfortunately. And I do, do you- agree with is Paul Heyman.
4: It- I do agree with what he said because they bring up all these reasons why ECW closed and, you know, with not being able to pay the wrestlers or uh, losing the TNN deal or the video game deal, the toys, like, all that stuff. And Paul Heyman just comes on and simply goes, the reason why we closed is because we didn't have a network deal. That's it. It's as simple as that. <laughs> and And I agree with that. I think that's true. Like I remember, cause I remember following that, like, very, very hard uh, right after the TNN deal ended, you know, like, Oh, come on, somebody pick up ECW and it looked like USA network was going to do it. And then they didn't. And it was like, well, that's it. It can't get a network deal. It's over. Yeah. But I like, I like the bluntness that Paul Heyman gave to that because I think that's true.
0: Jason, what other points you want to like any other major points you want to bring up from the uh, the doc?
3: Yeah, I was with the way that the ECW is presented in this and then when you get to the rise and fall of WCW, how it's presented the opposite way, do you think that if WCW was presented in the same way that there would have been a WCW Revival show instead of an ECW? Or in addition to at least
0: Well let's take a look here who who would they um, who would have, who would you have been able to really get to do a show with because Goldberg was that's your number one restart off with. He pretty much was was it didn't seem like he would he would come back obviously he didn't and he didn't come back for a long time but he was pretty much soured on WWE so who next like could you get sting you think do you think you'd be able to get sting i think they i think
3: I, they could have i mean that's yeah. that's if they had booker um i mean they probably could have got ddp um the the thing with too is that wcw the guys that were a lot of the guys that were bigger standouts were a little older already that's one thing, but it's like the, the company itself, like the presentation, the style, um, I think you definitely could have had, uh, you probably could have pulled some of the guys that they were starting to build up with during the new blood spot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. you yeah. know, uh, kind of thing and going on there. It's just, I am with Martin though it was like, I was always a bigger WCW fan than ECW, and so that's, but just going, but it's just like with the presentations because they're so bad. Because we joke about it with the Monday Night War, multi part doc all the time. It's just like W, you know, they, to them, it's like WCW is just ran by a bunch of fucking idiots,
2: right.
3: <laughs> of greedy idiots. And right. meanwhile, like ECW is ran by, look at these, look at this ragtag group of misfits. They're going to make it. It's just that they, they just got to scrap by all the time. And it's just, uh that's where I was getting it's just, it. It makes it so endearing and just pisses all over everything else. So. Char-
0: Charlie, do you think that would have worked? you think they would have been able to, if they did the same thing with WCW doc, gave it the same presentation that they could have done a uh, a show like One Night Stand with WCW? No. No, I don't. Um, and I think,
4: because uh, I, I don't think WWE would ever let themselves do that. Mm-hmm. I don't think they'd ever completely drop their guard. And plus, the thing about WCW also is, I don't really think nostalgia for WCW really started like gaining momentum until maybe five years ago. Uh, yeah. I, I still think it had been too soon at that point to lose. But we were all ready for WCW to die. I'm ready for it to die. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's getting a little samey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, I, but ECW. I don't think anybody was ready for that to go. Right. So, and and there was never really any closure with that. And uh, you know, when Guilty as Charged ran, that final pay-per-view, the last one that we covered, we didn't know that was the last one. Like because they they talk about it in the Rise of Fall of ECW that they were they seemed fairly certain that that was probably going to be the last show. And um as much as, st- as stuff was hitting the internet at the time, it that part wasn't really coming out. That this was going to be it. Like, cause I, I even recall that they actually promote Living Dangerously uh, during the yeah. Guilty as Charged show. I don't know if they did during the copy that we had, but you know that, that kind of sucked. WCW, on the other hand, um, the best thing WWE ever did for them was give them that final Nitro, which is actually a pretty yeah. damn good Nitro. Yeah, yeah, you know, and if there was a finality to it, and a lot of those guys ended up coming over to WWE in the uh, in the next three or four years, and EC, ECW, yeah, they were in the invasion, but like it wasn't really that wasn't really the focus. Even though they seemed to get a lot of the big name guys, Amen. so I think a lot of fans wanted to see ECW. WCW, yeah. like I, me personally, I mean, I was soured on them, and I think a lot of people felt the same way.
0: Martin, how about you? Do you think
4: it
1: would have worked? Uh, in all honesty, even putting aside my rose tinted WCW glasses, no, I don't think so. The best I could have hoped for, and I, this eternally kept getting rumoured but never really panning out, was them doing old school nitro along the lines of old school RAW. Yeah, that'd um, be nice. So I remember reading reports in magazines and online. I think it, you know, just after the second old school RAW or something like that, that WWE were actively looking into building. Oh wow! Like, like the old set.
4: Jesus, that oh, would wow. be so cool. I, I miss that yeah.
1: set. I think, but I mean, how true that was, I don't know, but it just would have mm. been cool. Yeah. Just, to, just to, for one night, for just to put aside the, the bias it, and just go, do you know what? Actually, this show had its moments.
0: I think this, I think too, the one thing that, that, and I think, Charlie, you kind of alluded to this as well. I think it's, just, it's purely a spiteful Vince McMahon thing. Like, uh uh-uh. uh, I killed them, well, I beat them and I don't want I, them to get anything back. I also, I, I, if they were to ever,
4: I would love to know more about the relationship between Vince McMahon and Paul Heyman, because I think that we've, we've talked about this before. I think Vince has a real respect for him. And mm. because Paul, Paul dealt with Vince's dad. Yeah. And I, I, that photography story like where he snapped that picture and, mm-hmm. and then he ended up like getting a job somehow with vince senior and i think there's a, a a respect there and i think vince not so much wanted to hurt wcw by doing that but they have an odd relationship yeah <laughs> they just do vince will do things for paul like vince comes across in this documentary like a great guy <laughs> 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 which is so weird he's and he's you know, he's given ECW the airtime on Raw, and uh, although I do love how he kind of <laughs> admits his mistake, where you go, when he, when they talk about Taz versus Triple H on SmackDown, he goes, well, I thought it was good for business at the time, pal, but, uh, you know, I, <laughs> I, I can't exactly tell you what my frame of mind was like then, but I thought we were doing the right thing, you
1: know? And... <laughs> it's that documentary that, is it that they, uh, Vince calls Taz the suplex king.
3: The suplex king! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brock Lesnar prototype.
4: Well, when Taz came into WWE, they completely got rid of that. Yeah, because uh, Taz was the human suplex machine. And as soon as he came to WWE, it was, he's the human wrecking machine. And he wasn't doing suplexes anymore.
0: You guys remember one of the special features on that disc is, I mean, some of the deleted stuff is where Taz talks about the the first night when he debuted and talking to Paul Heyman. He actually breaks down. He actually has a stop. Um, the um he has to stop the segment or whatever because he's getting you know he's starting to get real emotional because he's talking about how paul called him and talking about the rumble yeah yeah okay that thing is so cool because you really check that out it's cool like i'm i I think it's in the special features and i think it's like one of the deleted scenes i didn't watch it for for this but i remember when i rewatched it years ago when i bought it um that was one of the 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 clipped segments of it, but it's really cool. Cause you see, Taz, like you don't see Taz get emotional ever. And it was kind of neat. Even then, even when we saw him leave, like the, the, they were not leave, but it was the anarchy rules, you know, where he Man. hugs. <laughs> like,
4: Can we talk about that for a second? Sure. It, it confused me again. It's like every time, <laughs> every time like this comes up, the reset button gets hit with me. And a couple of years later, I'll go, Oh yeah, that wasn't his last show because, like, <laughs> Taz actually says in the doc, and that was my last show. I'm like,
5: yeah, no, 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 brother, no. <laughs> like,
4: I don't, I don't think it was. And because, I mean, I'm not kidding. Didn't he fight Rob Van Dam at November? 2, yeah, remember? that's it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
4: Okay. All right. All right. Because man, that's just so confusing. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie, <laughs> do you why have, they
0: do that? Do you have any other bit like major th- anything that? you felt strong about, you want to talk about concerning the doc that we haven't addressed yet?
2: Um, uh, hmm. well, well, I
4: think, uh, I mean, just little things. Like I think Shane Douglas gets too much credit for that promo. Uh, it's, it's not that good of a promo. It's just not like I've never, I've never really liked it. Uh, I, I always, and I've always found it ironic that he shits all over NWA world champions in the old school way of wrestling. Yet he won the title with a belly to belly suplex. (laughs) (laughs) You know, he he didn't use like a cheese grater. Yeah. Oh God. (laughs) The cheese grater. Oh no, I'm good. Um, that's, yeah, I think that's pretty much it for me. Uh, yeah, that's, those are all the, the main bullet points. I forgot how long the damn thing was. It's as long as the, as, as, uh, as one night stand it's a two hour and 15 minute doc but i mean it's never boring no like it it, it's it's a really fascinating thing and um i believe if you were to buy it on dvd now i think they package it with uh one night stand but nice um and i wish i had pulled out my dvds because i do have them but i got lazy and i decided to see if it was on the network and it is it's under the beyond the beyond the ring thing Mm -hmm. um but um yeah as i the dvd set is incredible it really is and and it made me just kind of angry thinking back to uh, the WCW one cuz that one's not as good no it's hmm. really not and
2: there's
1: some weird matches on that WCW one <laughs> and That's there's some what? weird i don't remember <laughs> it's, it's just like there's some random nitro shit there's some random clash of the Champions shit and it's like oh yeah it's you know hogan goldberg anything yeah it's <laughs> It's it, they just leave out some of the really good stuff, uh, some of the really weird stuff.
2: Yeah. And at the
1: very least, it wouldn't be so bad if they, you know, went with the the San Francisco 49ers match, but that's not there.
0: Oh no, <laughs> no. I know. I remember when we talked about that one. Oh my god. Um, Martin, did you have any other?
1: Topics? No, that, no. I think everybody said said pretty much it. I, I, like I said, only saw it relatively recently, and came from a a position of a different position because, uh, you know, I wasn't the fan I was back in 2005. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it is subject to a little bit of, you know, the WWE, uh, sort of dogma spin. Um, but I mean, you know, history is written by the winners. Of course, so yeah. th-
2: and
1: but it's, you get a very, very specific picture of ECW from that.
0: Yeah, definitely. No, I do. And, What's fascinating, too, is like this is what's really cool about the medium, like the medium of film when it comes either a documentary or a a narrative or just a a fictional narrative or whatever. It's like how it can create something like create momentum for something. And this really did because I think it's I don't know when the idea first comes around. I remember Rob Van Dam, like he takes some amount of credit for One Night Stand becoming a thing becoming like a, a reality like that he told Vince you know what if you did an ECW show and I, I mean I'm sure people come to Vince with ideas and he kind of brushes them off this one really seemed to click with him I guess do you guys have yeah. any more insight about how it came about because that's all I ever remember is that RVD yeah. you know whispered that to him or whatever <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's like the
0: idea RVD
3: just the head the yeah Vince ECW reunion show think about it <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, there's,
3: there's a
5: suggestion
1: box
2: at
3: Titan Towers and it's one letter that actually didn't fall into the fucking furnace it just yeah. went to the uh, Jesse, yeah, that's,
0: that's- Jesse Ventura put in the guaranteed contracts thing god damn it Jesse <laughs> he won't let it go <laughs> what were you saying though Chuck
4: I was going to say that's always the story I heard uh, was that Rob Van Dam you know pitched it to Vince and Vince thought it was an interesting idea. The thing that's so fascinating about it, though, is that the, with the exception of the WWE guys being there, which we'll get into this, it really does feel like an ECW show. Yeah. And I think that's the real miracle that WWE just just let it kind of go, yeah. you know, they didn't really oversee it. There's really no pyro. Like, it has such an authentic feel to it.
0: The graphics. So, I was really impressed with the graphics. Like when they show, they cut to images of the outside, outside Hammerstein, and you're seeing yep. just the streets in New York. Just the font and everything they use is very '90s pay-per-view era, and it's awesome.
4: Even the name of the pay-per-view. It sounds like a name that they would that they would use. Yeah, uh, back in the day, you know. So, so let's yeah.
0: let's, So we get it, this. Fun, so we talked about fall of 04. So this is a pretty quick turnaround. By June of o5 is when we're getting one night stand here and it's as we said we're going to be in Ham, the hammerstein ball hammerstein ballroom uh got 2500 i'm sure it was a, a complete sellout no doubt about it um uh, but yeah around 2500 looking like an old I school think, raw too what was that
1: i think tickets were going for like sort of upwards of 400 dollars at one point i think
0: wow oh
4: there's the wwe rub there, <laughs> there <you>. it is
1: <laughs>
4: and you guys
0: also remember one thing we talked about were buy rates for ECW pay per views, which really, honestly, never really moved beyond. They never. I don't think ever went beyond point two five uh, for the most part. I can't remember barely legal if that one really was the the, the biggest spike of them all. But they never really moved. They're always pretty much in that point two range. This is a 0.81. This is huge compared wow. to yeah. yeah. And you can see where There's they're like it's such a niche yeah. products. I know. That's what's really impressive. And also like when you look at the show just like there're no storylines here really. They're these are so, they're just matches that well, are just kind of put together for the most part.
4: Eddie's got something going on
3: and I've always been trying to figure out what's what's wrong with him. Yeah. <laughs> this uh, was the in, Eddie in this, show. this was between the uh, Eddie turning heel and this is between the, he and Ray just having the exhibition tag champs versus tag champ match at WrestleMania. Yeah. To that, culminated with the custody for Dominic at SummerSlam. So, this yeah. was like miserable, Eddie. So, I'd be too if I was in that storyline.
0: As <laughs> I mentioned him earlier, Colin did a great job for this show, digging up some. Uh, Again, like looking at all the different facets, like where some people have been, what they've been doing. Obviously, when we talk about guys like Chris Jericho, we're not going to go through their entire WWF run, but it's mostly me focusing on what they did kind of in ECW because, in all fairness, we didn't really, we never saw Chris Jericho in ECW with our coverage of their paper. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. So, to kick it off here with um, some of the pre (coughs) pay per view notes. Two days prior to One Night Stand, Shane Douglas held his own ECW reunion show entitled <laughs> <laughs> of course Hard- she does. <laughs> Hardcore Homecoming, Hardcore which, took- <laughs> <laughs> which took place at the former ECW arena. This event was held on the 10th of June, and the card was as follows. Mikey Whipwreck and Chris Chetty defeated Simon Diamond and C.W. Anderson. Tracy Smothers defeated the Blue Meanie. Two cold Scorpio defeated Kid Cash. Mm -hmm. The gangstonators of the team, the the electrifying tag team of New Jack and Cronus went to (laughs) they went to a no contest with Bad Breed, which is Ian and Axel Rotten. This (laughs) this was originally supposed to be the Eliminators versus Bad Breed, but Saturn was injured. Jerry Lynn defeated Just Incredible with Jason. Raven with the blue meanie and the musketeer beat the sandman. Good, he in
3: his
2: ass to show him what's <laughs> <you're... laughs>
0: <laughs> <Durn-durn-durn-durn. laughs> <laughs> Sabu with Bill Alfonso defeated Shane Douglas with Francine and uh and Terry Funk. Tammy Lynn, or I'm yeah, it was in a three. I'm sorry and Terry Funk had T- Tammy Lynn Stitch or er, Sitch in the corner. This was a three-way no-roped barbed wire match with Mick Foley as the referee. Wow. That sounds fun. Wow. <laughs> During the show they also held a tribute to the fallen heroes of hardcore with Johnny Grunge, former team, uh, tag team partner of Rocco Rock, Pitbull number 1, former tag team partner of Pitbull number 2, and Tammy Lynn said, <laughs> Viano 4. Viano uh, and of course Tammy uh, being the widow of Chris Candido delivered a eulogy. They were interrupted by Danny Doring and Roadkill.
2: Yeah <laughs> Yeah.
4: The Danaconda
2: strikes again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then um, after they were then choke slammed by nine one one. So, uh, I, I love Colin's note here is like, I haven't watched this show in years, but if I remember correctly, Johnny Grunge was in all caps massive here.
2: <laughs> wow, so uh, he Johnny g- Gorge, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Johnny Glutton, yeah. All right, so- <laughs> well, so I had a few. Yeah, reasons. Baby. <laughs> So uh, some ECW names I forgot to mention at Guilty as Charged that don't show up on this show. Uh, Francine showed up on the inaugural TNA Weekly pay-per-view in an angle hyping up the lingerie battle royal for the following week's show. She didn't seem to last long with the company. Her last match was a DQ loss to Jasmine St. Clair. I was surprised to discover she showed up briefly on WWE's version of ECW. She seemed to mostly work house shows before showing up on TV in September in the corner of Balls Mahoney to aid in his feud with Kevin Thorne and Ariel. She was released just a month later. So, oh, Angel, here we go. Angel went to wrestle in Puerto Rico before semi-retiring to become a police officer. He went from being... (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The, the king of the streets. Right. It, became a now he, he speaks. In fact, that is Colin's next note. He said, he went from being known as a gang leader to a police officer with a question mark. Was he inspired by Zed from Police Academy? Yes.
2: He's <laughs> trying
1: to remake The Wire.
0: Oh, damn. Tony. We're the uh, Tony DeVito formed a tag team with the former striped shirt ECW referee H.C. Locke called the Carnage Crew in Ring of Honor, where he seemed to stay for a few years. He did make a couple of appearances on ECW on Sci-Fi. First on the second episode is Macho Libre. Yes, a mix between Macho Man Randy Savage and Jack Black's character from the awful movie Nacho Libre that was released around to, that time.
1: I need to see this now.
0: <laughs> he, he would get destroyed by the Sandman in a squash match. <laughs> the second time was as a faux preacher who verbally rallied uh, uh, rallied against ECW until being attacked and chased away again by the Sandman. <laughs> okay. So um let's get into the beginning of this show. So as we kick it off, we've, Joey is brought Joey Styles is brought out first. And one thing I love in this show is how between him and Paul Heyman, he is so he's really caught up in the moment. He's very he's very emotional. I love it. It's I love seeing those things. You not
1: see- think he was trying to force that because it looked as though he was about to throw up rather than grab.
0: You think so? Because <laughs> I yes, a little bit. bit. Cuz I I know like when I'm I try to fight it off during different things that I watch, I'm like, eh, I really don't wanna cry in this movie right now. I'll cry later, but god dang it, I'm gonna I know I'll twitch my face.
3: Cry later. I'll cry later. <laughs>
2: <laughs> when are
4: you gonna have the time?
3: All <laughs> of those lonely car rides home between work. That's right. You're gonna cry now. <laughs> He's
5: gonna cry. You wanna keep your children? In you're going
0: Ring. <laughs> so um, he comes. These out, are uh,
2: my tears. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
5: <laughs>
4: all right, I'm done. I'm done. That was awesome. <laughs> um,
0: all right, so he comes out. He brings out Mick Foley, who comes out very wisely in his with his cactus jack music and his cactus jack shirt. And then, at, in typical ECW fashion, we just go right to. The opening video, which I, I was watching the Sean... Did you guys watch? I know, Jason, you watch on the network. Did anyone watch the Sean Long edit?
1: No. No, I, I watched it on the network. Nope.
0: Netflix. Well, God dang. All right. Never mind. Well, then I'll just cut that note out here. Okay. But well, what what was it? Was it... Well, I was trying to figure the, out the opening video, if it was a part of the actual broadcast that they threw in there. There was an opening oh. video before did the the, the the bodies... Uh, theme song coming in and I couldn't tell if it was a part of the edit he gave me or what but that's okay no, no big deal but well,
1: uh, on the network they, they play a little of the old Harry slash ECW theme and then it launches into bodies
0: gotcha I think yeah, it's pretty think much it's got the okay
3: they have like the supercut of like the typical ECW intro with uh Guerrero and Benoit and Jericho and Mysterio blended in yeah, yeah. okay that, cool so- yeah
0: all right good deal but um i love that they bring back bodies because even though like the ecw version and wwe in 2001 was not spectacular like it was it was cool to see their they they at least acknowledge that they they were a part of it by using their the theme song and you know what bodies is a I, it believe me like it's not number one on my playlist by any means but when it comes to a, a wrestling event it's awesome it's a great song for wrestling <laughs> It's,
1: it, it, yeah, it's good fight music, isn't it? Right,
0: right. You know, but um, so let's go to our first match. Jason, you get to start us off. We've got Lance Storm with Don Marie taking on Chris Jericho.
3: I know. God almighty. This is like making sitting through all the other ECW pay-per-views worth it. Um, yeah. Get a Jericho match. One thing that was really cool is they also had the same security guys. that would yeah. walk everyone to the ring because I noticed that the Dan Severin looking guy with a mullet just didn't have his mullet. Um, so I thought that was pretty neat. Um, let's see here. This match, I didn't take a lot of notes on the match itself because I was just kind of enjoying it. But I think it was awesome that Chris Jericho came out as Lionheart Chris Jericho. Yeah. If he'd had, you yes. know, they played his, his current music, but, uh, but everything else, like he had the old Lionheart vest, He didn't do any of the Jericho uh, Y2J poses. None of the come on, baby. He was out there kind of just a spunky baby face, Jericho. Um, but it didn't take long for this to turn into an ECW crowd immediately starting to chant, she's a crack whore at Dawn Marie. Um, to, to a pregnant woman, no less. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, God, come on. And plus, I mean, she's, she's been out there a minute. Give, give her some time. Um, she, she's
1: also getting over the death of Al Wilson.
3: I <laughs> forgot
2: <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> that damn. Uh,
3: uh, then uh what's cool is like some of the commentary is like and Joey Styles will do it throughout the night is uh let's see, who is it? Lance Storm sits there and go throws Jericho into the corner with a tough Irish whip and he just calls it a Canadian whip. He'll later call it an Italian whip. Um I just like when he does that. Um And it's a really good match. Like, this is the, like, they really play up on Jericho and Storm's history together, having their first match together, kind of breaking into the Heart Dungeon together. Then uh, everything's great until Screwjob Finish just comes in as typical because here comes Justin Credible and Jason and wind up smacking Jericho in the head because of a distraction. And Lance Storm gets a cheap win with Foley and Joey Styles really go into him. So, I mean, but it's still a good match. Up until then, I'd give this match, this match gets an eight automatically for
0: me. Wow. Right Ooh. out of the gates there. Keesler. He's hitting the well, a <laughs> Slap shot. I love Chris Jericho, and Chris Jericho and Lance Storm had a good match. I'm sorry. No, I'm not. It's okay. No worries. No worries. It's fine. It's fine. Do you think it was funny, though? Like, real quick, like, there's this narrative. Oh, this could be the last time Lance Storm is in a ring. You know, this is the... They they kept really pushing that hard.
3: Yeah, it would make a... It would have been a bigger deal if he'd have been wrestling a little bit more than 12 years. So, but... uh, But, yeah, they really did. I think it was... I don't know why because um, I don't remember him being in WWE CW like when it started doing the no. weekly show. Don't no, um, I, th-
1: I think he was poking around Ring of Honor at that time.
3: Yeah, I remember he was there for a, a while. Um, I don't know. Maybe they were just trying to come up with something to give this match some stakes, even though
0: none of the matches had stakes. Right, right. So, Charlie, Jason came hot out of the gates with an eight. Do you, how do you feel about this opener, Jericho and Storm?
4: Uh <clears throat> for the most part I agree. It's uh it's a really good match. It's better than I remember it being. I I also wrote down that he was called Lionheart Chris Jericho. Like I really I really like that. Um the <laughs> the continuing storyline of whether or not we should have mats outside the ring uh reared its ugly <laughs> head again. Apparently only the New York State Athletic Commission mandates that there be mats outside the ring or else fuck em. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like I'm pretty sure we saw the mats in in other in other uh states.
3: Yep. Several the other several protests. other states.
4: Yeah, but no, for some reason it's just New York this time. Sorry folks. I I, I don't know what Joey Styles's hang up is on these fucking mats. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> it just drives me nuts. Um there's a couple of really good chance um even though unfortunately they they do take away from the match. which I think is a little disrespectful, but Chris Candido gets a nice little chant. Yeah. Going and I think that's more to do with his relationship uh, with uh, Lance Storm. Uh, there and this isn't the only time this chant comes in, but man, it goes all night, man. Uh, the fuck, John Cena chants. Oh yeah, uh, which man, like it's it's hard to believe, but it really has almost always been like this. Yeah. Always, and it just doesn't matter what he does.
0: Oh, he's controversial, Charlie. He's the most controversial oh, ever.
3: He's the most <laughs> Fuck <laughs> man in it's the, is the a reaction,
2: <laughs> and this isn't it's even that reaction. long.
3: Yeah, this is only a few months after he won the World Heavyweight right. Championship.
4: Yeah, right, this is oh, this is oh five. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, the WrestleMania 21. Oh, Jesus, yeah. man, the people are already sick of him, and it's like, well,
0: strap yourselves in, folks. <laughs> <laughs>
2: He's, he's had i think
1: at this point Cena had like one title defense
0: yeah against right. JBL which i heard was if you compare the matches is a much better match than their mania match i like get really yep. goes to put him over it's awful
4: oh man but uh, no we get to see the impact players which is kind of cool uh, the saddest part of this match and i really do hate to say this cuz i love don Marie, but for some reason jason and don Marie have aged 10 years in the span of 4 uh i don't I don't know how this happened because everyone else looks really good. Jason's hair is not the same. And Dawn Marie almost there is a period of her in WWE where she almost doesn't look like herself. And I think it's she must have gotten like plastic surgery or something, which is a shame because you can also even see it in the rise and fall uh, documentary. Like that's Dawn Marie. You know, just something just doesn't look quite right. (laughs) Sadly. And she's not doing her usual shtick. Uh, on her way to the ring or when she's at the ring. Uh, it, it feels like a much tamer, toned-down WWE version of the Don Marie character. But other than that, the uh, the finish of the match is a little wonky. It is interesting to see Justin Credible like, get tangled up with Chris Jericho. Uh, yeah, it's just, yeah. Those are two guys I don't think I've ever seen in the same shot before. But um, I do wish the match had gone a little bit differently in terms of an ending, because uh, the match itself was a solid. Uh, competition i'd give it a
0: 7.5 whoa hold on hold on he's gonna hedge and go but oh wow seven and a half okay. if the
4: ending was if the ending was different i think i could have bumped it a bit more but i i just nah, it's a good match it's really good all right martin
0: how about
1: you um i again like everybody else i really really liked it um, not especially because it was an ECW thing, but just because it was Chris Jericho versus Lance Storm. Fair enough, I'll take that. There's some really, really neat moves like a bottom rope missile drop kick. Just because the ring is smaller and he doesn't have the time, Jericho still does the move, but does it from the bottom rope. I don't know why, I just found that little just change up really, really interesting. Um, yeah, Joey keeps going on about Matt's again. This truly is an ECW show. Um yeah, the Camido chance I've got because I think he i think he died like just weeks, and I'm talking just weeks before this show. Um, there's some really nice sort of chain wrestling at the start, a really nice reversal. Um, there's just one sort of almost botch where just the scra- uh, Jericho scrabbling for for the walls, but he manages to turn it into a slingshot. Fair enough. Um, didn't necessarily mind the ending. It was... The only thing that got me was the blatant foreshadowing when they mentioned Storm was in a tag team with Just Incredible. Just Incredible. Just incredible Impact players. Impact players. <laughs> it was kind of driven just a bit too home. But other than that, that's fine. Um, I went with an eight. Okay.
0: I'm at seven. I think it's a solid match. It's a solid opener. Uh, I don't have too much to... Say other than what you guys did, you guys pretty much covered it all. So I'm meta seven on that. So yeah, it's a good opener. Overall, I think it's it's everyone pretty much thought the same on that. We now cut to a classic shot of the booth, of the ECW booth with its commentators. Joey brings up the empty balcony section where the anti-ECW contingent is supposed to be. That will be our raw and SmackDown superstars. i will be coming in later.
5: Backstage,
4: it's Gary Wolf. Who knew? Yeah. He- Dude, he- this... <laughs> Did we ever see a promo with him in ECW? No. Nope. Like, this is fantastic.
0: (laughs) He throws, he throws like a very heartfelt shout out to the deceased members of ECW. And then Um, just
1: before that, um, I was listening, uh, watching this, uh, well, watching, while listening through earphones, I'm not saying watching through headphones. Um, And as he's talking, you can hear someone open a can of something. You can hear the.
3: (laughs) 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 Right on, brother. Probably
0: Sandman.
1: Yeah, yeah it's probably Ace. <laughs> it's
0: Randy Savage. He snuck in. He's watching the show backstage. <laughs> so we shoot to a, a, a very like low key, low budget in memoriam. This was definitely not one that. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't the Oscars,
4: brother.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of the same names we mentioned earlier. We got Rocco Rock. There's also Terry Gordy, Mike Lockwood, Crash Holly. He shows up in there. For yeah. A bit. Original Chic, Mike uh, Lozansky, Pitbull, Anthony Durante, uh, And th- yep, Pitbull number two. How are you? Or is he Pitbull? No- Wait, yeah, he's no, Pitbull-
1: he's Pitbull number two. He is Pitbull. It was, number it was two. Gary who's Pitbull number one. Right.
0: Big Dick Dudley, Chris Candido, and that's the one they close it with. That one gets the again massive pop. He gets he gets the Heath Ledger. Yep. Uh, yep. 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 It's just <laughs> oh,
4: Louis Piccoli oh that's yeah that's right where was Louis? Bicoli? i mean tommy well, I dreamer he he died
0: before. yeah
4: and he oh, Louis picoli get, gets the brad renfro treatment <laughs> yes he's a river phoenix of ecw no 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 brad renfro was famously left off of that in memoriam
0: and, and oh.
4: yeah and it was like oh man he was he was gonna be the next big thing and now oh well i guess hollywood doesn't like him <laughs>
0: So Chuck, that leads us into our next match, and I'll do, or actually I got a I think I've just got a couple quick pre-match notes. But we have go, get, go fig go figure. We and on this show we would get this a three-way dance with Tajiri, accompanied by Mikey Whipwreck and the Sinister Minister, against Little Guido with every FBI Ugh. member ever except for one, and and super crazy. So to, to Tajiri, we don't need to say too much. I think we know that you know he has been in WWF at this point for a while. A lot, like, I forget how many belts he actually had won. Like, he had won a a, a sizable amount of cruiserweight, light heavyweight, and tag team titles with various people.
1: I want to say US, but I think I might be wrong on that.
0: Uh, Yes, he had a brief stint after he beat Canyon, of all people. He beat Canyon for that. Guido uh, wrestled for ROH in the early days until he signed with WWE in late 02, where he was brought in as Nunzio. He brought back the FBI stable... um, with Johnny the Bull, Stamboli, and Chuck Palumbo. Tony Mamaluke would work indies and feud with Guido in ROH. He took nearly two years off to train in martial arts at the New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, Dojo in LA before returning to wrestling in '05. Uh, Colin notes, I recall reading in the Power Slam magazine in 01 about the FBI having a dark match against Doring and Roadkill on a WWE show that apparently the crowd enjoyed, but when looking for confirmation, I can only find these notes about the match. And it simply says, y- uh, Roadkill, Doring, FBI in a dark match, rumors say it got a lot of heat from WWF officials for being, quote-unquote, too ECW style, so none of mm-hmm. them were brought back, which... Um, I think during a roadkill do get brought back, because as he saw later, we'll talk about they have a velocity match that came into play. Uh
2: um,
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, here we go. While they brought, you know, as we talk about the FBI, there are quite a few FBI guys that are here, but there is definitely one that is missing. and unfortunately, a big one. A big one. That is, unfortunately, um, Big Sal here. Who wasn't who wasn't with the, FBI? <laughs> Is that the incredible Hulk. <laughs> yeah. Other than appearing at TNA's Hardcore Justice in 2010, Big Sal seems to have vanished off the face of the earth. I know a few years ago there was rumors of his death, but people seem to be mixing it up with Val Puccio, who seemed to be known as Big Val, and was in ECW in ninety-five-96, so somewhere, somehow, in this world, there's some there's a man walking around who was not included in this show. By the name of Big Sal. Here's to you, Big Sal. (coughs) So, super crazy. He worked for the indies, including XPW and in Puerto Rico after ECW folded. He would defeat Eddie Guerrero in the main event of the inaugural ROPH show to become the very first intercontinental heavyweight champion for the Puerto Rican International Wrestling Association. Woo! He, no. would, he would also go on to work in Mexico for New Japan Pro Wrestling, winning many titles, but none of note to ourselves. So Charlie, how about <laughs> it, man?
2: <laughs> uh,
0: uh,
4: um well, you know. He, <laughs> it's extreme. <laughs> it's, it's extreme. You know, it, uh I'm gonna I'll try to make this quick. Uh I remember when I first saw this match; I really liked it. Which is what ten years ago now, and now since we're, we've run through the the gamut of these shows, uh, <laughs> of course this match is going to be on the card. I almost feel like <laughs> they're trolling us. Yeah, All right. <laughs> just like ah, you get it again. Um, man, I will say this though—that is probably my favorite Green Mist spot that mm. uh, I've seen yet, because it's like once again, I was like, oh man, what are they going to do to him? And and with that powerbomb move and Tajiri just spitting it out as a counter <laughs> I, mean, I, I really dug that Um it took me a second but I was laughing my ass off when uh, I don't remember who said it Uh I think it was I want to say it was Mick Foley or something but someone thinking that the word innuendo meant Italian suppository oh yeah that was Joey <laughs> that is so funny <laughs> <laughs> and I'd never heard that before <laughs> Um, other than that, I mean, it's fine for what it is, but I, I just, I didn't really care. And and I, I don't like seeing Nunzio, little Guido, like not get his due. He barely got any shit in at all. Yeah, And he is so good. And we didn't mention him. He, he's actually pretty, uh, predominantly featured or prominently featured on the Rise and Fall documentary, That's which true. is great. Mm-hmm. And like, it's interesting to hear his perspective and, and the reasons why he stayed and got me to like him a little bit more. But, um, no, I, I wasn't really impressed with that with this match. I mean, it was great to see these guys super crazy doing his usual, stick like the moon sold off the balcony or whatever. uh, I'd give it a five
0: nice, okay, okay, so Martin, how did you feel about this one?
1: Um, I went with a seven because yes, it was another triple threat, <laughs> oh three way down, sorry, but it was it was fun, it was fine, it was action-packed, I think, with everybody around Ringside. Um, I didn't appreciate Joey shitting on the FBI's gimmick yet again. It's like, yes, we get it, that n- not many of them are Italian. Um, the, um, the moonsault off the, off the balcony, of course, but it just... <laughs> it's, it's still... You, you just think, wow, why? Um, and then... This was the one time Mikey Whipwreck hit the Whippersnapper. Wait, wait, hold on. No wait, point. wait uh, Martin.
0: No. Do, you, do you? I I don't know if you know this. Mikey Whipwreck defeated Stone Cold Steve Austin.
1: Oh, he did, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> if God you damn, had only I watched remember. this show, you wouldn't know it. I know. This was the one time Joey kept his mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> That's
3: right. And they should have brought it up. I know. Yeah, they should they have
4: this with Austin being on the same show
0: Very in the lead, Charlie <laughs> 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 Sorry. You know, so Martin you said uh, you gave it a what a seven
1: yeah seven oh, i cool. I think
0: it was it was fine nice. it was great Jason, how about you anything else you want to add on that
3: yeah um do you guys remember when outcast came out with that double album and hey y'all was everywhere never and heard then of that it. year the uh, yeah, that year at the MTV Movie Awards, when they're closing the show, they closed the show with another song, and the crowd really wasn't into it. And Andre three thousand went, "Well, all right, God damn it, hey y'all, one more time." Well, this is hey y'all one more time with this triple threat. That's how I feel about it. Is it's just it's like if it wasn't for the fact that we had just burned through it, this might be really good. Um, and, and I think it's funny. This goes to show that Martin's reaction to the. The balcony dive spot is the guy's gonna jump like 15 to 20 feet in the air backwards onto some other people, and we're just like eh
2: <laughs>
1: again. I know is I, I feel terrible for thinking it, but yeah, it's a case of well, here here comes the the, the dive.
3: Right. And it, it was you know it was just uh and then once little Guido's gone, the match only goes on for like two more minutes. Um, the crowd is chanting, you fucked up hardcore on something. Yeah. I don't know what it was because I didn't yeah. see anything.
1: There's just an awkward so, moment where Tajiri and Super Crazy and Tajiri yeah.
3: did not have it worked out.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah they, they just yeah. they just end up kind of just staring at each other. How for you a doing, second. pal? Yeah. yeah.
3: But I think it kind of got to Super Crazy because maybe he was wrapped up in the the emotion too. Because that power bomb he gave to Tajiri had a lot of extra stank on it. Like Tajiri yeah. bounced like twice um, when he lands it on here. Uh, I'm with Martin. I'm just giving this like five. I mean, it's just more of the same.
0: I think Martin gave it a seven. Pal. So you're with uh, me. Yeah.
3: Pal. I, was, with I me. apologize. <laughs> I'm, I'm aligned with Charlie. I couldn't believe it either. Yeah.
0: I'm a, I'm right at like six. I, these guys have done, I unfortunately on this show because of, and I think this will be a good talking point for the end of this show, talking about the show overall. It's it's half it's like half as much of the stuff they they would normally do in one of these matches. They used to do in some of these matches. They would do some incredible spots, you know, and really like and, and Charlie, you talked about it, like when little Guido would like they turn him loose and let him get in some of that shoot style. It was awesome. Like it was really fun to watch. That he just doesn't get to. I'm at uh-huh. six. Okay, I, I think it's all right. It's it's fine. You <laughs> know, <laughs> it,
5: it, it's <laughs> extreme. But I will say
0: <laughs> this match brings up the first instance where I want to. I want us to start talking about whether Mick Foley needed to commentate on this show because. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! And the notes, and I put save it for Will. <laughs> <It's fun>. Yeah,
3: <laughs> I just let it go. I was
4: yeah. yeah, there's a you point get in this into match. this
0: now. Well, there's well, let's we'll take it match by match because in this match the thing that really oh great is, the we thing can <laughs> review
4: the match. And we can review Mick Foley's commentary for said Max
0: as we go. <laughs> so what a right. great idea. After everybody comes out, Mick like cannot keep this succinct. He likes to put himself over talking about how he's had like a tag team championship with so many of the guys in the ring. But he goes on so long that eventually Joey cuts him off and starts he calling the match. It's awesome. But it's not the end. So that's the first one I wanted to bring up. Did anyone else notice anything else that about Foley in this? With his commentating?
1: He is a WWE commentator on an ECW show. Mm-hmm. Cyrus, he is not.
0: Right. He is not. Oh, God, I miss Cyrus on this show. Man. I did, S- too. Hell, I miss Gertner. Oh, um, well. <laughs>
1: no,
0: well.
4: Hang on, pal. Oh, man. Yeah, we'll get to it. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, but, no, fully I mean, was this before or after? The his commentating stint where he just kind of stormed off because he was tired of Vince Allen in his ear.
1: This is before. Oh,
4: this is before. Okay, yeah, well, I, I
1: after, think I after, this see he why. Has, after this, he has the match with Flair, which is he, he says he, he is the worst match ever. That's uh, that's how you build it. That's how you build a paper. 06 I'm going out there to have the yeah. worst match I can. Just yeah, wait yeah, till think, we get uh, to
0: 2006 Foley. The next show is where it is like we're, we need. I, I will. I hope we talk a lot about where Mick Foley was in his career because it's not talked a lot about. But when you look at it, it's this weird period of his that's coming up where he feels like he needs to try and get over again in a way that it just doesn't need to. But anyway.
4: No, didn't he do this? Um, well, hold
0: on. I'm, I'm jumping
4: ahead here. But like, I can see why Vince yelled at him. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> yeah. But like, didn't he do this? We um, we talked about this a while ago what what was it a year or two ago when he took over for Stone Cold's podcast when he interviewed Shane and 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 it always seemed like Mick was just trying to get himself over. Yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly. And how
4: annoying that
0: was. Oh Jesus. Even as that. the GM of Raw when he was doing this stuff with the Sasha like he felt like he needed it felt like he was trying to get it himself over in the women's hell in a cell match. I was like,
2: What <laughs> you're right. What? <laughs> 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 so ridiculous but
0: all right we'll get to the more of that later there um six uh, yeah super crazy is the one who goes over a good deal all right so next we go to a video package one of a couple that we're going to get of just random ecw stuff like this is the laziest editing job i've ever seen where it's just like they just went to daily motion like let's get a bunch of clips
2: <laughs> and throw
0: them together and they-
1: top 10 ecw moments from someone whose account is listed as uh, RVD fan 420.
0: Like, it would have like what I would have liked is if if you would have segmented it to where it was. Defend- this is early ECW stuff. Like maybe even the Eastern Championship Wrestling pre. Uh, extreme Championship Wrestling if you segmented it and they it seems like maybe that's what they were trying to do but they still end up mixing in stuff from later on and it's just weird but you know it's just a bunch of stuff you get the, the amazing Shane promo that Charlie talked about which I agree like it's at this point a little overrated but it's in there and this random dude Sabu, Sandman, Dreamer, Funk you got it basically the theme is this shit used to be pretty damn crazy if you never saw it um, hey, remember this? Don't they yeah. show this? Is where they show Sabu's neck
3: breaking, that's like, it's like the one Joe Thiesman okay. leg
0: snap? Exactly. It's like one of the next ones. It's that's a perfect comparison, Jason. It is the Joe Thiesman leg snap. Hey, man, you ever see the Blind Side? Now you will. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, all right. So they cut. They get out of this video. We go to the shots of the empty balcony, where this again, where we're going to be seeing the and they're hyping whether or not they're going to show up. Spoiler alert, they do. <laughs> we, this is where they show, <laughs> they go to the outside, and Charlie, this is your note, this is where they start to show some of the graphics on the screen, and they look so good. They look exactly like they used to look on ECW mm-hmm. shows, and it just shows you, they went to the nines to make sure that they, this thing looked authentic, and it's great. So, uh, Martin, you've got up a next a real dandy of a match here. We got psychosis. <laughs> El- <laughs> we got a real dandy. Uh,
1: <laughs> who, who are we to doubt? Ray Mysterio Junior versus Seacosis? And uh,
0: because you know we're we're a pretentious podcast, he will be known as psychosis on this podcast, <laughs> not the not the whatever whatever American uh, psychosis. Forget it. My professor is Mike Tenet, alright?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but, um... You okay. Know, but, uh... Martin, take it away, pal. Oh,
1: this... fucking sucks. <laughs> I, I, I wanted this to be so good. Because this is... This is our one of nitro shit. This is this is supposed to be the good stuff, um, and for whatever reason, Securis decides, eh, no, let's 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 do mat
0: work. Boy, I'm let's not do... feeling the mask. I'm not wearing it.
1: <laughs> well, I, I think at this point he had officially been unmasked.
5: <laughs> wait a minute. Will, wait a minute. <laughs> Is that his
4: voice? Yeah, that's C his voice. He...
5: Now wait a minute. Oh, <laughs> no.
4: Hold on. Wait. I know is it's
3: he... due to Lee wait, wait. how do you feel Will, about a Will, real Is kid he, he Slade Wilson from the island? He is is he going Wilson. through the <laughs> you, can't have... <laughs> you can't have personal relations in Easy To <laughs>
4: <laughs> How many more surprises you got for us, C
3: goddamn <laughs> Rikuru's got psychosis, gone crazy. Oh,
2: Jesus!
0: Sorry, Martin. Go ahead, buddy. (laughs)
1: Uh, Yeah, for a match labeled Extreme Lucha, it's nothing. It's like extreme. Yeah. In fairness, it does pick up at the end, but Psychosis, or psychosis uh, has decided to wrestle a map-based style, and this is, like, full-on bloated Rey Mysterio. Yeah. Oh, God. This is swollen Rey.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it is. It is. Yep. It's going to be an 819. nine. Just... <laughs> <laughs> Dial it up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, it does pick up at the end. I mean, there's the guillotine leg drop on the, uh, the oh, guardrail. Awesome. Shane Douglas's guardrail is back <laughs> for one <laughs> night. Um, See, so of bailing out of the ring and landing in a, a woman's lap. That's clearly, that was him just trying to get his jollies for one night.
2: Yeah, like, Throw
1: me over there. Just <laughs> he, I he, like he, that. Land, he lands in a crotch.
3: Yeah. I love Joey's reaction, too. He's like, hey, check it out. It's uh, Lucha Night. Every fan under 12 years old gets to take on a Lucha door.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, the fans do not like the 619.
4: I know, man. I couldn't wait. I they... c- I could not wait, because you knew they were going to shit on that move.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, they pop for the, you know, for the Dragon Rana, the, you know, what is it? The West Coast pop. The West
0: Coast pop. <laughs> <laughs> More like the West Coast um, poof. That thing sucks. Yes. No. <laughs> oh. I
1: I don't know if it was me, but like I said, I was just expecting just a little bit better because it, it's still Seacostasis and Rey Mysterio. It shouldn't, I, I shouldn't be bored watching it. So it, I can only give it a four. I'm going to go full Brett on this. ooh
0: That's okay. Hey, <laughs> Jason, Jason, take it away, bud. Um,
3: the commentary team loves to tout how many matches Rey Mysterio and Psychosis have had. They go into their history about training together, growing up together. They have to say they have over five hundred matches, which is impressive. And they and then, but to, the thing is, is this show's about ECW. So when you say a couple guys have had five hundred matches, and then say three of those matches were in ECW. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of take away a little bit of their connection. Um, and also, this match was really sloppy for two guys to have had 500 matches together.
0: I feel I like, mean, real quick, I feel like this is this, it, this would be, if they remade the Mel Gibson movie Forever Young, it'd be Forever Lucha. And Rey <laughs> Mis- <laughs> Mysterio played by Mel Gibson would look at me. I want to wrestle him for a year or longer. <laughs> 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 oh my God!
1: The world needs it, a Mel Gibson wrestling movie now. Yes, it does. Yes, give me <laughs> back my son. Um, that would be give great. me back
5: my title. <laughs> give me oh back my God. mask. I he, shouldn't be wearing He could be. He could
1: start in the Kurt Angle, Jason Jordan made-for-TV documentary. <laughs>
3: oh yeah, true. It's true. I'd love it. Um, <laughs> what Martin brought up the the guillotine leg jump of death spot that psychosis nails Rey mysterio's face into that guardrail yes. you can hear the ting and i was like oh is that though no that was his face um and for a minute like foley did something great foley foley calls he says that that psychosis psycho guillotine is in honor of the late gorilla monsoon and <laughs> i
0: love like
2: it's
3: the, <laughs> the most this <laughs> this is the funniest thing ever. And then he goes back and tries to correct it by talking about, he, he takes away the joke. I didn't bother writing it, down, but he like tries to over explain it.
0: He does. And, uh,
3: like, bowling.
0: Yep. That was the note. That was the one I was going to bring up from this match where you could tell Vince probably say, what are you talking about, pal?
3: What the <laughs> hell are you talking
0: about? <laughs>
3: <laughs> it, then, uh, it's just like, Hey, this match is, is, it's really disappointing because, you know, we said earlier, I'm a big WCW fan and Ray Mysterio versus Psychosis is a that's a Monday night staple. And this was so far below what it normally could. Ray picks up the win, the crowd boos the shit out of six one nine. And so I give it a I'm I'm with Martin. I'm going full Brett. I
0: get a four. Charlie, are we consistent here? Are you, are you in line?
2: With
0: we, <laughs> uh, we we are not. Oh. oh, I loved this.
2: Whoa, whoa, I ate it up. whoa, whoa, whoa.
4: From psychosis taking, in his, taking his mask off <laughs> to Joey Styles saying some line of bullshit <laughs> about how psychosis removing his mask is a sign of respect between him and the crowd and, and, and then,
1: then the crowd reciprocate of course yeah
4: yeah the crowd reciprocates put the mask on like that was the <laughs> chant i was like what kind of bullshit is this i i like you i'm gonna let you see my face you know <laughs> just,
2: show it's, me your it's, face <laughs> it's, brilliant.
4: it's brilliant like, like like it's such a great cover because it's so bad like it's i don't believe that at all and i mean i don't i'm not claiming i know everything about lucha libre but there's no way that's true. There's just no way. And on top of that, psychosis, or psychosis, whatever you want to call <laughs> him. This is, this is like his weird period where, I swear, I think he was trying to bulk up. I think he was trying to, to become something bigger than just, oh, that's the guy who used to open Money Nitro with guys like Rey Mysterio and Ultimo Dragon and stuff like that. And because did you look at his chest? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What the <laughs> hell, man? He uh, yeah, has brought back me yes yeah he's got he's got front knee yeah it's it, and it, it looks bad oh it, it looks like he's got some kind of uh allergic reaction to like too many Ric flair chops or something i don't know <laughs> but um let's see <laughs> libre uh the, love the guillotine love that the 619 got booed i always remembered that from from watching this uh from the first time that that's a move that they just do not like that's a That's something straight out of WWE, and I never liked it either. I always thought that move sucked, and I loved what Rey Mysterio used to do. And and I think it's because he is a little bloated, or maybe he's older, but the way he used to do a Frankensteiner into a roll-up, where it almost looked like just one move, and it would Mm. be so smooth how he would do it. He almost pulls it off here, but he doesn't, but I don't give a shit. I was so entertained by this. This is a seven.
3: Easily,
0: oh uh, god, easily. This, I, I think, this is such a. This match is full of so many missed opportunities. It's just between psychosis, his mask, you know, it, it, Ray not even like, like not even attempting to like kind of honor his ECW side, you know, like he. I guess because of his body, he probably can't do the tights he used to. So I'm not going to rail him on that because, you know, he's a big bloated pig at this point. I'm just kidding. He's on not- <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> easy there, Mr. Bull. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But no, I think it's like he said, like, he should have known, like, this is an ECW show. I probably need to not wrestle the Adapt way that's my style exactly <laughs> exactly. This is such a missed opportunity. This match, and I, I feel bad. Like I'm, I'm kind of in league with with uh, Jason and Martin with a four because when you look at like what these guys could do back in the day, and I understand. And you guys talked about it. Like their bodies have changed. They can't necessarily do a lot of the same stuff. But man, this thing just seems like they 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 miss some opportunities. It seems like the highlights of this match are the unintended things yes. that the the, cra- yeah. the crowd brings to it so i yes. guess in, i guess in that re-
2: <laughs> <laughs> What was that <laughs> is everyone know. still there yep <laughs> Yeah, I'm here. I just
3: yeah it was I heard it's amazing, and then everything went completely silent. Yeah,
4: <laughs> it's a, it's a stream, you know.
0: It's, it's, I don't know. It's I cannot wait for you guys to connection. hear that sound because it sounded like it, it just Hiroshima the the, the the system here. And, and what's
3: what's going on is while we're recording, I've just got One nightstand playing and on my TV in the background with no sound. And as soon as everything wiped out, is when it just zooms right in on Big Gene Snitsky's face. Okay. So, <laughs> it's amazing. Zoom. <laughs> just
1: nothing. Quite a face.
2: The sound was, was awesome. All right.
1: So. The world stops for Gene Snitsky.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, so we move now. Guess who? Look who's arrived. Kurt Angle and the anti-ECW faction. This is the SmackDown. Wrestlers, they have arrived to get into the uh, uh, the uh, balcony seats. The crowd is particularly ornery towards JBL for good reason. Rightfully so. The right flips. Yeah, I, I love bitch.
1: JBL's thing. He just holds up his ticket to Mysterio and goes, "I got a ticket, you little Mexican."
4: <laughs> yeah, I I wrote that
0: too, man. Um, <laughs> then we go backstage where it's Roadkill and Doring. For just a moment, because then we cut back to the SmackDown wrestlers. So it sucks. We don't really get to see them very
2: much. They just <laughs> On immediately the network need to come
1: back. On the network version, I don't think we even get that. It just cuts to, nope. like, memories and then... Oh, no. <laughs> it would be great yeah, if they were we
4: accidentally be. put in the in-memoriam. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh,
2: <man.
5: laughs> You're Like, no, motherfucker, they're still alive. No. <laughs> <laughs>
2: they're in the... <laughs>
5: no. They're actually in the building, man. <laughs> they're
2: right there. <laughs> that would be such a great
4: ECW <laughs> thing. They they just overlooked something, or, or yeah. they're
2: trying to <laughs> trying <laughs>
3: to beef up the in memoriam. Well, follow format. Put them in the fucking. Yeah. Mem- <laughs> <laughs>
1: But then, of course, the, there's the debate in the production truck.
0: Well, do we kill them?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe we can order Stone Cold to for or have Stone Cold order Chris Benoit to kill them too. Yeah, oh no, man. we'll get oh, there. We'll get no. there. But
2: I oh god. Oh. <laughs> the, no. the crowd oh,
3: no. they start chanting, "You suck dick at Kurt Angle." And he what has does he the saying? work. Your mother taught me how to. You don't. That it still admits that you're still doing. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah. No, I was trying to figure this out, man. Like, is
4: he saying that as a legit comeback, or is this, so. or is he in
3: character as Goofy Kurt Angle? Like, he wasn't Goofy. He was. This was when he was GM and SmackDown. I think where he was I like, love, like yeah. super aggressive. Me, Kurt, Kurt Angle. I, I mean, love like,
4: that there is a true part of his personality. That is just yeah. like the goofy character that we used to watch when we were younger. <laughs> that, that that is from a real
3: place <laughs> this yeah. guy that just does yeah. stupid yeah. shit. And oh, he keeps he Keeps his SmackDown polo on for a total of ten seconds before he. <laughs> <laughs> it off. I don't know. He leaves it off.
0: I'm too yeah. hot. Yeah, he
3: leaves it off. Never well, comes that back in on. That, Who that knows? On like the second row of balcony, they're probably hot.
2: I don't know. Yeah. He's got the
3: SmackDown like. It. It. Look,
0: they they cut to outside the arena. There's a helicopter above the above the place, and this is where New Jack does his jump. Except he dives from a helicopter through the roof, and s- just to steal that shirt and leave. <laughs> He's on a fucking bungee. <laughs> but,
3: it, but JBL's promo here is fucking good. Yep. I mean, it is. It's doing exactly what it needs to do. And it seems like yeah, it's coming so, from a severe hate.
0: Oh yeah. Oh absolutely. Yeah, it's it Exactly. It does exactly what it's supposed to do. Absolutely. Yeah. It's um Now wait uh, a second,
4: was this before or after he violently shoved Joel Gertner? Okay, so I
0: think He's... that's where we're, I think we're right that's around like because
2: <laughs> because they don't, do the,
3: don't put the mic up there.
2: Yeah, because they're well they do another video.
0: I think they do some more. E- this video, more people die. You know, <laughs>
4: <laughs> in between the in memoriam like six other people. Died.
0: <laughs> but it's another one of these random clips of high spots and whatever. Include this is where they do the Joe Thysman Sabu broken neck spot, which doesn't really oh, amount God. to anything. It's just four slow-mos of him crunching his neck on the canvas and then super gluing it just, back together or whatever.
4: Here, here's a soon-to-be murderer
0: just not pulling off a move the proper
3: way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. And then he follows up you see that broken neck replay like several times and then you follow up with Beulah's I'm pregnant. Oh, <laughs> oh, it's the way she says it and not even that, it's the way she stands, like her stance yeah.
4: where she's kind of like got one foot pivoted in the other direction like she's trying to leave a conversation. <laughs> yeah but it's it's so awkward. Like, it is so. Community I don't want to kiss you. Well, why not? Why? Tell me. Because I'm pregnant. Uh, <laughs> all right. I guess that's a reason. Yeah.
0: So after this, got, <laughs> after this, where uh, you got after this, that video package. That's when Gertner appears in the balcony, and I think Colin only has a few notes. He's like, other than briefly showing up in TNA looking slim and managing the rainbow express Gertner didn't do much after ECW. He did show up a hardcore homecoming, having the usual back and forth with Cyrus at the start of the show, but that's it. And then instantly he is bullied immediately by angle and JBL with like with, without they, waiting. They nearly yep. fucking kill him. His head hits yeah. that, that, um, yeah. that balcony. Right. Uh, the JBL stuff. Now, this is where we get into where you're talking about with Jason and, when JBL, I love this line where he thinks that he sells out Madison Square Garden.
2: Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Okay. I came to see it's the extreme. white
0: guy. The guy. Yeah, exactly. It's extreme, but I mean, come on. I mean, it, it's, it, it's, you know. <laughs> um, did JBL, yeah, he,
2: like,
4: he, did he ever draw a dime?
0: <laughs> like, I hate saying that. No, Monty, I, I, I know, I think, like,
4: I think he he's lumped in with, like, the Kevin Nash. Yeah, he's like the, cat, the diesel of the 2000 world champions.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, his run is significant for, in one regard sure. because it was like, you know, it, because people were wanting to see him lose that belt, and they, yeah. he just never did until Cena. And I think that was his draw. That was his only draw. But, just oh, that yeah. one
4: little run. Okay. Yeah, he had some that was awful, right
1: awful matches with Taker. Yes.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh oh my god, they are atrocious. I do remember that because this is when Taker was coming off of returning to his gimmick and all that. Yeah. Those matches are terrible. Yeah, um, the uh, Angle's references when he walked out, he references that. JBL Mm. thinks he's a wrestling god. And then finally, thank god, RVD's music plays. It sucks that it's one of a kind because... It's ECW, yep. but whatever. He gets here. <laughs>
2: it's
0: sad, also, that he's got the knee injury. Uh, that I think he had. He had reconstructive surgery in January. He wouldn't appear again until the '06 Rumble. I think it'd be a while. Yeah. Before oh my he god. Wrestle again, but his promo is real. That amazing. Great. Yep. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. yeah I
4: like. I like how he talks about. Um, hey, do you remember when RVD used to have a vocabulary? Yeah. Yeah, and I actually kind of sat there for a second and went, "No." I did. not did. Yeah, and sure enough, like I I really do love that promo. Uh he's like that's that really seems like it's from the heart.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Then, uh, look
1: a million years old though. Yes.
0: Yeah. That was what I was going to say. Go ahead Jason, what were you saying? Say uh he's
3: going on about him, he starts talking about going to events. He's like, "Let's just do an ECW pay-per-view." And then he's when he, he keeps going on about describing what he was telling Vince, when he says no storyline, he shoots a fucking look up that balcony. Yeah. Like 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 why are you even here? I mean, like, not like in the haha storyline, get out of here, WWE guys, but like, for real, you're you're kind of fucking this whole thing up. Um and it is it's just good. Like it like for people that hadn't watched any ECW and didn't know that Rob Van Dam had a personality. This was great. I wish we could have seen more of this. We still never got it. Mm. Right.
0: And it's wild here. We get this, uh, the, uh, this ending where Rhino appears and gores him, uh, tears off the knee brace.
1: Before that RVD admits that missing this, this pay-per-view was worse than missing WrestleMania and Booker T's wedding.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) Good call. Yep. That's right. That's right. Um, but then, you know, Rhino tears off the knee brace, but then that's when the lights go out, and, and who else is in the ring? Well, my, my Microsoft Word decided it was going to be somebody else. He It literally has an automobile. A Saab is in the ring. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: well, Rhino versus a Saab would be pretty cool. Amazing.
1: <laughs> the most homicidal, genocidal, suicidal car on the market today.
3: It's <laughs> not a <laughs> Corvair.
5: <laughs> <Goddamn>.
0: <laughs> you go.
5: Right. unsafe at any speed oh jesus
0: and of course being as an ecw show a referee gets in the ring and we have a match we have sabu versus rhino so jason take it away buddy <laughs> thanks um i'm trying
3: to see if what, what notes i have on here um there's a michael jackson cosplayer in the front row on the right hand side uh, I paused it and look. This dude is in full black MJ jacket, pasty hair, glasses, and glittery glove. I have no idea why he's there. Because um, I, I, I started thinking about all the uh, classic ECW fans that would show up that are always in the same outfits. Do you guys ever remember Michael Jackson cosplayer? Nope. Okay. Um, was,
1: was was he like in with the musketeer? <laughs>
3: It <laughs> might have been. Um, but he's over there. Like It's just crazy. It cracked me up to see that, because this match goes all over the place, being a Sabu-Rhino match. Um, the uh, I mean, it's it's great to kind of see them, because they don't seem to have gotten the memo to hold back a little bit
2: mm-hmm.
3: at all. Um, it's really good. The match kind of comes to an end when RBD and Sabu give Rhino the Arabian Fuckbuster 4,000. Yes. Uh, Which, the only thing is is with this is, this was the guy, and they tout about it, the whole fucking match about Rhino being the last ECW world champion, and he's just kind of put out really quick in the grand scheme of things. um, I think it's really weird that Rob Van Dam is up hobbling on that bad leg, and he's still doing some of his Mm -hmm. shit. Takes another look up to the balcony right before he does one of these things. It's like, look at me, I'm injured like this, and I'm still doing this. which is really cool, but um, I didn't. I didn't really enjoy the match that much. I'm gonna give it a five and a half. Ooh, a
0: five and a half. Okay, interesting. All right, Charlie. God damn. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> well,
4: You know, I really wanted to like <laughs> this match. Like, yeah, I'm no, trying to be nice. Yeah. Like, this, I used to recreate this match, I remember, like, with my old action figures, like, back in the day, Um, like, because I don't think we ever really got to see this, did we? Like, I don't, I don't think so. I don't remember our our Rhino versus Sabu, like.
1: Nothing's leaping out at me.
4: No, no, me neither. Like I think Sabu would get involved, like, with like the R V D matches and stuff, but never just on its own. I figured these guys would have amazing chemistry. There there's a there's it definitely seems rushed. Seems like that this match is, you know, being booked in a hurry. And I didn't like that because I could have watched these guys go for at least fifteen or twenty minutes. Like that's how much I like these guys. But um, you know, I mean it's good it's good to see them and The match is fine. It's just not what I wanted. Uh, But I give it a five.
0: Okay. I gotcha. Okay. So that takes us to Martin. What do you think?
1: Uh, This was like a greatest hits package. It was just everybody doing their kind of stuff. Um, But nobody fucked up. I mean, Sabu didn't fuck anything up.
0: No, he didn't. That's
1: Mm -mm. quite (laughs) That's quite the revelation for a Sabu match. Um, as it is, yeah, it is, it, it is the definition of throwaway. Um, I think, the, I think Rhino was uh, just come back after his very public firing.
0: Yeah, so, he got fired after WrestleMania 21 after what he had in an altercation with his wife at the after party. Whoops.
1: And, and broke a flower pot.
2: for me. <laughs> no. Oh, no. So,
1: <laughs> pa- genuinely perhaps it, it was a case of we kind of don't know what we're doing Rhino's just back, Sabu's I mean you can see Sabu has, has band-aids on him from Hardcore Homecoming so yeah. I, I, I think it was just a case of just do some shit for a few minutes which is its fine but yet you kind of expect Sabu and Rhino to be just that little feel that little bit bigger so yeah I had to go with a 5
0: yeah, I'm right with you guys. Five. I th- once again, though, Mick Foley, uh, killer on the commentary, says ECW is not all about chairs. He says ECW is no, that- not all about chairs as Sabu is using a chair. Yes, yeah. good stuff. Good stuff. About <laughs> Tables too. He's a legend. He's a hardcore legend. He is a hardcore okay. legend. Yes. <laughs> so now, as we as we exit out of. Um, Exit exactly, out of this match. We go backstage where and I, they nail this with the production value on. Al Snow and a head promo that you know just leads us into another ECW video of more random bullshit clips. But it's awesome because they at least do the same camera stuff they used to do with Al Snow in yes. ECW. Thankfully, it's not for very long because that was a bit nauseating back in the day. <laughs> it's
2: cool. <laughs>
0: now we've got Eric Bischoff, Edge, and the anti-ECW Raw superstars. Yeah, yeah Sean Edge, gets Christian. nuclear heat. Yeah, we got oh, yeah.
1: Edge Christian Snitsky Regal Tomko, Co. Coach Rob Conway
3: and fucking Haven. Yeah. <laughs> like watching this, you would think, where are the big heels at? Yeah, I mean like, Jesus. Is... <laughs> These are but, yeah, expendable wrestlers.
2: <laughs>
0: um all right, so it this will this will bring us into our next match. Chris Benoit versus Eddie Guerrero. This is a, this is this is a match that, like, in many people's eyes, you get the two of the best ever going at it here. There's not much, like, I mean, by this point, both guys have been in WWF, so there's not a lot, like, in terms of what would they've been doing and stuff like that. So there's not really much down that front. So, um, Charlie, this is you, isn't it? Oh,
2: oh, oh yeah. oh yeah.
4: All right, so get the
0: battle of rest and peace here. Well, I
4: still get like. Uh, so, I still get kind of shook every now and then, and I'll explain. <laughs> like, like, so, so it's like a transitional thing in, in wrestling. That's like, Oh, there's a video package cut to the crowd for like five seconds. And then, dun, 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 dun. Like, Oh God. Like, it's just yeah. it's just like my heart jumps just a little bit. Like, okay, wait, wait, Ritzar, sorry, side. Yeah.
0: He, he had not lost it yet. So <laughs>
1: you, have to, you have to mentally prepare, don't
4: you? For you kind of do. do-
0: do you think they played that music? Did he play it in his house that day when it all went down? Like- well,
4: there's so many weird little bits of commentary. like, Oh, yes. Um, like, okay, I'll get to it because since it's my turn. Yeah, because it's actually right at the end of the match. This is actually a damn good match. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I, had a, I had a moment where I was trying to remember if, if something went wrong in this match. Because, like I said, this Eddie, he goes outside. And he just kind of seems like he's either winded or or he needs a minute. He's got that cut on his nose. Um, it it, it just feels it doesn't feel like it belongs. Like, because it's like within the first like two or three minutes with him going outside and just taking a breather, and then he comes back in and and he's back to ass kicking mode, and it's great. Um, but anytime I see Benoit on the network now, like I, I try to pay attention to this because and. I remember for the Elimination Chamber DVD set, which I have, that was the first DVD set that they ever released um, th- where they actually included Benoit. I, I've, I think. Because that was a big controversy. It was that he was going to be, his Hell in a Cell match, or sorry, his Elimination Chamber match was going to be on there. And it's like, oh shit. And then you watch it and you notice things that, aren't, that are kind of off. Like, for instance, they're muting some of the commentary and turns out they were muting anything that anybody was saying about Chris Benoit that was positive. Anything that was positive. But for some reason, they left in any mention of a head injury. Like if he were to do a diving headbutt, they'd go, oh, that must have really taken its toll on Benoit. They'd say something like that and be like, that's weird. And mm. so so like the audio cuts in and out throughout that match. And I mean, I, anytime Benoit shows up on the network, I'm, I'm wondering about it. And it just seemed a little weird that for his ring entrance, there is no commentary the entire time he walks to the ring. And it actually looks almost a little sped up, like not super Hmm. sped up, but it looks a little fast. Like, like, what is it on an iPhone? You can do like one point five. That's the fastest or that's the slowest like you can go after one, which is the normal speed. This looked Hmm. like one point two or three. He just seemed a little bit more uh, loosey goosey in his step. I, I don't think anyone's ever described Benoit that way.
0: But, Charlie, I, I just have this thought. I have this thought real quick that after you finish that Elimination Chamber match that you'd get a phone call that says you're going to die in seven days and Chris yeah! comes television <laughs>
2: and puts you in the cross face. <laughs> Seven days. Kill my wife and kids. Kill my wife and kids. <laughs>
3: Shit, those are the lyrics we came up with <laughs> like after it happened. There's- Charlie and Naomi Watts going down a well somewhere in Georgia trying
4: to <laughs> Benoit comes
3: out of the hole does the yeah. th- thumb across the
4: throat
0: thing <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's just oh no <laughs> he does a diving
0: headbutt through the television into your life
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> I bet your face ends up looking the same too after that crossface face. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. all right we're going we're getting dark oh yeah. we're getting dark and, and i oh i hate it because it was such a bad day but there's uh so the end of the match comes and he locks in the crippler cross face to oddly like very little reaction from yeah. the audience like i thought that was very strange but um i love the way eddie sold it where he, he he can't quite move to the ropes and even if he did it wouldn't make any sense but we know whatever but he just kind of like sits there and just takes it and and it's like well what could be going through his mind and after about 30 seconds of this he just taps out it's like he didn't he wasn't passing out he wasn't trying to get to the robes it's like he was just trying to think about well and this is where the commentary comes from do i want to die because according to joey styles you either tap out or Or your neck gets broken And man, I just had to shake my head and just like, all right, let's just let's move on. And little did I always forget it, man. But it gets better as the night goes. When it comes to Benoit, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just,
0: man, did like you guys? Have,
4: foreshadows did, a lot of shit.
0: On, on when you guys watch it, did they leave in where they call it a suicide headbutt? Yep. Yes.
4: <laughs> I just spit take. Yeah, they
2: did.
4: <laughs> oh, yes, they did. <laughs> they, did it. they did it! They did it! Well, that reminds me too, and we'll, we'll we'll cover it during the match. But Joey Styles has a doozy of a comment on Mike Awesome. Yeah. Oh yes, <laughs> <ends>. it's <laughs> the line of
0: the night. <laughs>
2: it really
4: is. <ends. laughs> oh god! Oh oh, the rating. Oh, I give this match a seven. I give it a seven. <laughs> solid, oh, solid all performer. Dude, <laughs> winner
0: and still champion. Yeah, this <laughs> is. <laughs> <laughs> This is a good match. How about you, Martin? What do you think?
1: <clears throat> this is a fucking fantastic match. You you hear that, you know, Eddie wasn't right going into it, and and that's probably true. Because, um, I mean, it wasn't long after this that Eddie passed. So... But even in a diminished state, it's still fucking good. It's still really good. The problem is, yeah, my blood runs cold when I hear... The Benoit theme because Benoit was was my guy. Benoit was the guy I choose in oh, yeah. to watch WCW each week. I even when I wasn't particularly watching wrestling, it was like with the Undertaker. It was a case of I'd pick up the magazine every so often. Oh, what's Benoit doing? And I I I stopped caring about wrestling for a good year, two years after after two thousand seven. Because it just the business just seemed really seedy and dirty after that? And even now, even now. I find it really hard to be objective about Benoit stuff because it's just always in the back of, you, of of my mind.
2: Yeah,
1: it's just like the big, you know, thousand ton elephant in the room. That said, I still give this match a seven. Yeah, you know, it, it, I, I can divorce myself enough from it to say whether it's a good match or not. But it's you just have to. There's always like an asterisk. Yeah, but it's a Benoit match. Yeah. And it's weird. Have you seen he, one of his sons, David, is training with WWE oh, no. right now. Have you seen, the, he is the spitting image of his dad. It's like looking at a oh, fucking no. ghost. It's... <laughs> it's, it's, oh, have, it's... Well, They wouldn't
4: let him go by Benoit.
1: I know, <laughs> they're going to have to do something, <laughs> but it's... He's,
4: he's uh, M- it's, McGillicott. You just
1: look at it and you, <laughs> just think, you just think... You just think, no, just please, no. I It's... It's going to be too awkward. Just
4: yeah. on a <laughs> Dan Waugh. What is Dan Waugh doing here?
0: <laughs> Dan
1: Waugh.
4: <Wah>. <laughs> no, no, that's a good point, though. Even if they don't call him that, if I even see him in the ring, I'm just it's all I'm going to be able to think about. Yep. Yeah, they're
0: not
3: going to be able to highlight he's a second-generation
0: superstar. No,
3: yo,
2: yo, you <laughs> wouldn't, be, wouldn't this be awesome? They sit him from. down. They're
0: like, so, David, what are your ideas? What kind of finish you want to do? I want to do the cross face. You're not doing the cross face, son. You're not doing that. <laughs> no. How about Immediately shut down. Can I do a suicide
2: dive? Oh, we You're really not, don't like that. No suicide dive, David. No,
0: no. Suicide dive. You can't, you can't dive. do that. No. <laughs> well, I really need to get, get my workout
3: in. Where's the bow flex?
2: No, no, no. <laughs> <God>. <laughs>
4: I'm amazed he would want to step into a wrestling ring.
0: Exactly. That's oh, yeah. the thing that gets me.
4: That's
3: amazing. that's incredible.
0: Jason, where are you on this one?
3: Um this is a gr I mean, it is a really good, for the most part, sound match. I wish the crowd gave a fuck about the match unless no, about no, yelling no, an edge no. about sleeping with Lita and screwing over mm-hmm. Matt Hardy. Because yes. um, that took away from it a lot. Again, I don't like I watched it on the network, so I don't know how much of the you know, how much editing was done to take some of the sparkle off the match. Um, But what they left in with that chant really just detracted from it. Um, It, I mean, it's good. Like, they they taught, you know, that just last year, these two both ended WrestleMania as world champions for their respective brands. And so this is a big deal match. And, um,
2: you know, when Chris Benoit gets that win, some reason yeah. um but i mean it's it's i am kind of with everybody else It's a seven
3: it's i mean it's, you know I thought it's not chris Android benoit
0: and... found you i thought chris benoit came through the phone like the ring and cross jason all of a sudden
3: <laughs> what do you give it
2: yeah
3: <laughs> well no i'm i de- i'm still dealing with new jack so <laughs> that's what i named my kidney it's pretty stone.
4: weird when uh yeah between new Jack is the lesser of two evils
3: between
0: him and Chris Benoit. Yeah.
2: By the way, too. Oh my
0: God. And if I love that Colin got us in touch with Chris Hamrick,
2: how yeah. fun is yeah, that? Yeah.
0: Oh, that was a ball. Like just asking him yeah. flat. Why the hell would you do that move? Why would you, yeah. do it? why on earth would you do it? And then, I liked his excuse, like, well, people still talk about it. It's like, well, people talk about Chris Benoit, too. That's not a good thing. So, you know. Damn. <laughs> well, you, you but, could have said any number of things. But. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, the, the other
0: the other thing, though, is I was like, I, I just, he didn't respond to it, but I was like, could you, I think we enjoyed calling it the second rope fuckbuster. You know, I, we think yes. that's a hell of a move. So, yeah, I mean, that was, I, that thing was too much.
4: Hey, Martin, what, what was your rating for that match?
1: Uh, seven. It's seven, okay.
0: I'm at a seven, too. Like, I, I'm kind of reluctant because I think it's okay. I kind of, if it's better than Ray and, like, Cicosis, obviously, but it falls into the same bucket of you guys used to do all of that. Like, you used to do a lot more in the ring, and it just kind of is a paint-by-numbers kind of Eddie Benoit match. But it's well, still good. It's, it's still good.
4: Well, even though I loved Eddie and Benoit, like when they went over to WWE, I never thought that they were as good as they were when they were in WCW. And if you even if you go back to their ECW stuff, my God, like it's no wonder they got picked up. You know, it's like I I I enjoyed both of their careers more in WCW than I did in WWE. I really did. Yeah, I thought they I thought they were just more interesting and they had a better move set.
0: <clears throat> yeah, but um, but yeah, over overall, like I mean, I, I I've. You know, wouldn't complain too much about it. The th- the theme though, you'll notice if you guys look at all of these matches are less than ten minutes, like with the exception of a couple that we're about to get into. But first match, Lance and Chris was seven twenty two. The triple threat six twelve. Mysterio and Seacoses six twenty two. Sabu Rhino six thirty. This one was actually ten and a half. So you know they gave them a little bit more, but at the same time, none of these guys are getting a lot to really do. To, yeah, to do something with, but that's about but to change it's, it's in not, a moment.
1: It, it's kind of not that kind of night, is it? It's it's mm. more just the names that are carrying this.
4: Well, it's it's also interesting in that since the
3: matches are so short, you think there'd be a lot of matches. Yeah, but there's only seven. <laughs> yeah, but you got to have. Remember. There's like thirty five thirty five minutes of video. Well, people keep dying, <laughs> Jason. Watch <laughs> every day. <laughs>
2: They They they
0: started doing an in memoriam for like the tables that are broken.
2: You know,
1: you know, like breaking news. It's like right, we're gonna go check on the uh, on the memoriam. It's still right. going.
3: <laughs> well, did you guys? Ever see it was a robot chicken sketch, and it was just on the other night where they, they're wanting to do it's like the end of the season. Like, well, here's an immemorial, all the people we lost that work with us, and it's like only two guys fake died, and they're like, that's it. And they're like, and they kill some guy, and they walk in, and the guy calls says, Hey, the ratings go up every time you guys kill someone. So, like, the next five minutes is him just killing people with immemorials popping up. <laughs> <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs>
0: Let me ask you guys this real quick. Before, like, on my... When I was watching it, like, it seems like Eddie and Benoit were going to have a little moment, and then it cuts to this promo for the World Heavyweight title match at Vengeance with Batista and Triple yes. H and a Hell in a Cell. It's like, what? Wait wait a minute. They were going to have a moment, and we ruined it by going to a promo spot. Oh, okay, great. That's nice. Well, the real pay- pay-per-view is
1: up in, yeah you know, in a couple of weeks.
0: That's right, exactly. Well, <laughs> well, now... Uh, uh, Gertner's back. He has reappeared now. This time in the raw balcony. Bischoff mouths, "Who is this guy?" Uh, Gertner sets. He's, um Gertner's setup ends in him asking Bischoff for a job. Bischoff has him hold his beer and then tells him, "Hell no!" and calls him a scab. Okay, so yep. now we got a dandy of a we got a dandy of a match here coming up. It they're back for one last run. It's Mike Awesome and Masato Tanaka. And before we dive into this, I just, uh, just real quick about both guys here. Uh, Mike Awesome, post-ECW, was covered uh, you know, in Season 1 and early Season 2. But after a promising start in WWE, he, it all went down the toilet quickly. I do recall reading at the time that The Undertaker gave Awesome the quote-unquote he-doesn't-know-how-to-work tag, which possibly killed his push. He would wrestle many of the B-shows before having to go for knee surgery in November of 01. He would return to TV in August 02, but was released uh, just a little over a month later. Awesome quoted saying is, he was quoted as saying, being in WWE sucked. I hated it. You had to kiss everybody's ass. You had to be on your political toes all the time. You would not believe the backstage politics. You were getting stabbed in the back constantly. I was so happy when I was told I was gone. Wow.
2: Well,
0: yeah, it's and of course, like we know, like unfortunately, a couple of years after this, Mike Awesome will also commit suicide by hanging in 2007 after a promising real estate career. Uh, so that being said, I believe now we've got uh, Martin. You're up for this one, right, pal? Yep. All right. So again, this, this one this is a fun one.
1: It is. This is again. This is all the Awesome and Tanaka's greatest hits, but this is like all their greatest hits like remastered and now uh, and played at like 12.
4: <laughs> I, I agree. Like, they crank it up, man.
1: They literally do not give a fuck. It is just them. Th- this is balls out. I mean, just testes just flapping everywhere. <laughs> I mean, within seconds, we've got the, the- Mike awesome with the take a dive over the ropes, and then, yes, Call of the uh, call of the Century. Does anybody want to say Because uh, I know you're all dying to.
4: Uh, well, you can uh, say it if you want,
1: you know. There, maybe... You sure?
4: No.
0: no yeah. Go Martin. I mean, Take it away, buddy. You've got, We've got, go you got go Martin, on. how you can do it.
1: Joey Styles with the, you know, hindsight is 2020 court of the millennium. Suicide dive by Mike Awesome, and it's a shame he didn't succeed in taking his own life. Yeah. <laughs> Like
5: Joey, uh, sorry.
4: Continue. (laughs) He's a real dick in this match, but he is. I'll I'll, I'll get to it.
0: (laughs) So sorry. (laughs)
2: So sorry, Mike. So sorry. I thought someone
4: else died. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh no! Who we lose this time? No. Oh, New Jackson. God. It was Finn again. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh god! Anyway, keep going. Right?
1: This there's like in life, you don't tend to get like like good character arcs, but Mike Awesome, honest to God, gets one. Becomes famous in ECW. Is uh, labeled a pariah after leaving for WCW comes back and then has the match of his fucking life. And then and thus all is forgiven. Cause yeah. and, like I said, they just bring all of their big spots and they just don't care. It's like, just you'll leave it all in the ring or out of the ring or around the ring. You know, big dives, chairs, power bombs off of shit through shit. It's just, Okay. This is, you know, for everybody who talks about their heatwave '98 match. This is another retread of that, but again, it's just a much more concise and somehow harder. It's like a like a metal cover of a gangster rap song. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> it's, just, it's fucking harsh. This is this is my match of the night. Um, oh, easily. If, <laughs> oh. See, seeing as we're now going for half points, this has got to be an eight point five.
0: Oh, wow. 8. Okay, 8.5. Nice, nice, nice. Okay, Jason, take it away.
3: So, Joey Styles won't shut up on my Awesome. Like, mm-hmm. it's not just that one suicide comment. It's a lot. To the point where Foley tries to reel him in. or um, he makes the comment, he goes, well, we've got that out of the way. We've got that out of the system. Maybe now we can focus on the match. Which is probably the best commentating Foley's ever done. Yeah. Because um, Joey, at some point, Joey even starts to go in on TNN. They're not even yeah. TNN at this point, um, he, where he says that where they consider he haw culturally appropriate programming. Yes. Um, there's a lot of cuts to the balcony. Um, yeah. And right before the match, like, you know, the three seconds it takes before the match kicks into the highest gear possible. Edge is up there. You you see him quote, he goes, boy, these fans sure are smart. And he puts it in the air quotes because everybody's booing. Um, You know, even with Mike Awesome kind of seeing winded at some point where he pulls out the fifth chair, I mean, excuse me, fifth table. um, It's still, it's just like JBL's really into it um, because Mike Awesome kind of looks like JBL without his Um, mullet. Yeah,
1: he's like alternate universe JBL, isn't he?
3: Yeah, it's like, I will work. Um, But What's crazy is that, that I don't know, like I mean, when they're doing it, it's like I get that they're up there to shit on stuff, but these two guys are down here killing them fuck themselves and each other. And we cut up to these guys who were mocking them, um, yeah. which kind of agitated me. But I mean, it was you know, it was kind of for the wrong reason. Like I if I was watching this in 05, I'd be like, oh, those bastards. Now I'm just like, oh, this is just kind of wrong. Um, I got so fucking scared when Mike Awesome goes for that. Awesome bomb onto the table oh. that was broken with the freaking yeah. part of sticking straight up in there. I'm going, oh god! Um, but then thank God it didn't happen. Um, but it, I mean, like this isn't a fucking intense match. I mean, I'm I'm going to qualify just the same as I did Lance and, and Jericho. This is an eight. Nice,
2: nice. I also okay, Chuck.
1: The, Sorry, I I forgot to mention the finish. An awesome bomb oh from god. from the ring to the outside, through a table, and then a dive f- f- by Awesome. And the camera work is great, because you don't see Awesome coming. You just, just...
0: Up. That yeah. dive is the very definition of fuck it.
4: Yeah, well, I yeah. like... Hold on, hold on. I like that the dive was so fucking badass that the ref went, well, we're not going to top that, so he counts outside the ring. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, if there was ever a time to make an audible on Falls Count Anywhere, that's the one.
3: <laughs> Do you think that that they could have got well, like, like just pulled out some really big heat if like Bischoff would have just pulled up and said, "Awesome, I'm impressed. You want another contract?" and just have him walk up there to sit with them?
2: <laughs>
3: wow! I don't know. Wow! Hmm. So,
4: yeah, this match is it's it's. I think Martin, you described it best, and simply because of that this is my I think this is my favorite of their matches. I think there is just a level of intensity here that I hadn't seen before with these two, which is hard to believe. Uh, the awesome bomb from the apron through the table where Masato Tanaka just gets folded, I mean yes. just completely <laughs> folds in on himself. And I mean, I mean, I mean, he is in pain. It looks awful. I love that the cameraman couldn't catch Mike. Awesome. Jumping over the top rope for that table spot at the end. So I, that's the one time where I'm like, okay, now I actually want to see a replay with yep. a better camera angle, and I mean, it looked just as brutal <laughs> with actually oh, watching
1: him dive over that top If you bro. watch that replay, or one of the replays, there's a wonderful moment. I think it's just as Tanaka's about to go, it's just as awesome, just about to let Tanaka go. He just kind of looks, and he's got the most chill look on his face.
2: Right.
4: It's, it's a sidekick. Yeah, just like, all right, here it comes. Well,
3: here we go. <laughs> just, he's in Gladiator. He's already roughed his hand across the wheat. He's ready to die, man. He's yes. good to go.
4: But I really love the table spots. I absolutely hate how many times they put the camera on JBL. Yeah. Yes. Like, like it's so distracting. I, I would take either of these two guys over JBL and his wrestling
0: ability. Well, Charlie, Every I guarantee day. you, Mauro Ronaldo, if he could trade spots with somebody who dies in two thousand seven.
4: I think all... Wait a minute! What? Wait a minute! No. <laughs> I think we all
0: know that if there was somebody who was going to be hanging themselves in 07, with the exception of Mister Benoit, I think we're pretty sure Moro Rinaldo would have swapped JBL or swapped Mike Awesome out for JBL. I'm just saying.
4: You know, You're right. What? Right.
0: <laughs> yeah, because JBL. I mean, he. He sucks, man. He sucks. Um,
4: Uh, This was precisely while I was watching this match where one of my... We've talked about this when the roommate will will walk in and see you watching something. And they'll make a comment. And it's like, (laughs) oh, God. Oh, please. But he walks in and he just looks at the screen and he goes, "Where where does this take place? And I told him, he said, Looks like the place where Lincoln got shot.
2: <laughs> and I was like,
4: you know, it might be. Wait a minute. <laughs> like, so, so that actually cracked me up. Um, I wanted to go into Joy Styles a little bit here for what an asshole he is for taking yep. away from this match. Um, he actually pulls like a, a Gerald Briscoe, like from the Monday Night Wars doc, where mm-hmm. he's like, he, Mike Awesome didn't just turn his back on ECW; he turned his back on our families. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, like, like Mike Awesome leaving was going to put them under, under the uh, or out of business. Yeah, you know, it's just he—he he was reaching so far, and you fully fully trying he to pulling bring those
1: him, deep, deep out of his own asshole, wasn't he? I mean, if you had never
4: seen ECW before, and for—I swear—I think for a lot of people they hadn't—and they ordered yeah. this pay per view, and you know they're watching this and I'm like, oh, Mike Awesome, yeah, I remember him and. There's Joey Styles just completely railing the guy, and Mike Awesome. I think we pointed it out in in season one or two. I think it was one. Mike Awesome was the first guy uh, from the invasion angle to win a title. Yep. Yeah, the, yeah. That wasn't you know with WWE or at least not in in kayfabe mode. But anyway, this match is so good. It's so good. I give
0: this a nine. Nice. I- I'm, I'm I'm almost I'm, I'm right at like eight for this myself. I agree with you guys. I hate the cutaways of JBL I, and all those guys. Like it's just unnecessary. It takes away from the match. Um, I, Mike Awesome is clearly not in great shape, and he still manages to right, do. Right, he's got a
4: little gut. Yeah, yeah.
0: man, but, and he still manages to do these incredible spots. I'm sorry, as much as we all love The Undertaker, he couldn't have been more wrong if that's what he actually said. I yeah,
4: Because that's a match I always wanted, man. I yeah, always wanted cool, Mike Awesome and Undertaker.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So it's like mean,
1: Undertaker Goldberg and then Mike Awesome Undertaker.
0: I also give these guys credit because I feel like they're the only ones who got the memo that this is an ECW show, so do it. Go for it. Do, yeah. like, absolutely go balls out. And probably also the reason why, like... Jason, you talk about everybody's kind of in a hold like holding back a little bit, clearly because there's not a lot of storyline for each of these matches. Like they're just their exhibition matches. If nothing else, these guys don't have anything to go to after this. So why not just go crazy and do everything that we, that they used to do. So it's, yeah, it's far and away, like, like the best match of this night. It's fantastic. So I completely agree. Um, and of course, and he kills the referee afterwards for good for no reason. Just I'll destroy God. him too,
2: yeah. For, just for old times' sake.
0: We now cut back to Joey and Mick, who thank the fans for buying the Rise and Fall DVD, which helped to make one night stand possible. The classic ECW theme plays. Bob Ortiz pops out, and then it's Paul Heyman. Oh man! Here we go. So if you want to see emotion, there is That is some genuine emotion on his face. Uh, mm-hmm. when he comes down to that ring and it's, it's a really, really cool moment. Chance of thank you, Paul, fill the arena. He says he isn't crying, but his eyes are red from smoking up with RVD in the back. He, uh, he thanks, uh, he, he thanks Todd Gordon, um, and Jason just dropped. So as I am, uh, describing this, I'm going to dial Jason back into the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Chris Benoit found Jason
2: again oh <laughs> we only need a to seven <laughs>
0: so um, Heyman also says that or he he thanks Todd Gordon which is fascinating he thanks him and the other production members of ECW he thanks the fans and he said he wants to take the high road and leave but then he pivots and acknowledges and pulls the guns out and goes shooting away on Raw and Smackdown. He starts with Edge. Are you well Jason? God dang, did you drop off again? God dang he did. Man, we're we're live, folks. We're live <laughs> <a> laugh out. <laughs>
2: As I was saying. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so um Bischoff, you know, is obviously Heyman lays into him pretty relentlessly. Uh, Bischoff yeah. flips him off, which is Charlie. What you said? It look. It's the it's best. One of the greatest middle finger. <laughs> like, yeah,
5: just that big shit grin. With, with that Eric Bischoff face.
4: You know? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, I, I love it.
0: I oh, it's so good. Heyman then goes to attacking Edge with the "you screwed Matt" thing. You know, which it's like okay, right on. Except he says, "I've got two words for you, Matt freaking Hardy." Which it's like, Paul, that's yeah. One Dang of the greatest talkers in
4: the history of professional <laughs> wrestling. Probably top five. And he, he doesn't know how many words are
0: Matt freaking Hardy. I think he yeah. was just caught up.
2: Yeah, yeah
0: totally, totally. Um, he saves his best bullets, though, for JBL, in which he says. Oh, that's yep, the, it's one of the greatest put-downs of all time. You want, you, the only reason you were champion for years is because Triple H didn't want to work Tuesdays. Oh. And, um, <laughs> and for some reason, JBL thinks he's Fred Sanford. Like, yeah, he's an idiot. <laughs> I'm
4: sorry. It's just like, that's Charlie really I, th- th- I that. think it's because he
1: was fucking loaded.
4: Yeah. Oh, Oh. oh yeah. I, th- I think so, too. Oh, I definitely think so.
0: Charlie, this is something like, you know, from theater and acting, like, you know, perspective, like, clearly, like, if this is, this is like improv. This is like, you, you got to play the say yes game. So what I hate in this is that. And this goes for all the guys on the raw side. Edge also, because he just tries to keep stealing. Edge is stealing so it.
4: fucking hammy. Right. Like,
0: to the point of annoyance. So, I, um, what really bothers me is, like, okay, so Heyman, this show is about ECW. Heyman's cutting a promo on you guys. Just sit there and take it. Just take it. Right. Give him his moment. Don't steal from him by doing all that bullshit. It really I think bothers
4: also, me. I, I think a lot of it might have also had something to do with the fact that there was going to be a brawl at the end of the show, Mm. and ECW was going to win.
0: That's true. That's true. I don't
4: don't think a lot of these guys are okay with that, and I certainly don't think JBL was okay with that. Yeah. As uh, we'll see in a little bit. Oh, yeah. But, no, I agree. I I think they should have just either kept their mouth shut, or hell, they shouldn't have even fucking been there at all.
2: Right. But,
4: But the fact that they were there, and I'm sure that they thought that I'm sure Vince is thinking probably one along the lines of, well, if they're there, then maybe that'll get more
2: buy rates. Yeah, I
0: mean, Charlie, if you're cutting that type of promo on me, my, in my mind, I'm like, this is his moment. All I need to do is just give a subtle reaction of man, I, that, that pisses me off and, but I'm up here. I want to come down there. I'm not going to do anything. And that's it. Just stop. Right. One or one or two choices. and That's it. Like don't look some professional it really does man for pro wrestlers too it's particularly bad
4: yeah. just take well, any time me. Austin and the Rock gets went it. At it. oh bischoff <laughs> gets it no no yeah bischoff isn't the problem here uh it's 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 the wrestlers that's what's so damn weird and it seems like every time they cut back up to that to that balcony kurt angle just gets further and further back <laughs> yeah he's not like down he, with it <laughs> no he's I, I don't think he's happy at all and And, you know, we didn't mention it, but, you know, him in the in the Rise and Fall DVD is actually a very interesting story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because that was the first time I had ever heard that, that he was actually in ECW for a hot minute. And uh, uh, but this is always one of those problems we've had with Kurt Angle (laughs) where he objected to that, which is I guess that's fine. I mean, I'm not religious in any way whatsoever, so I think it's all a bunch of bullshit that he would do that. But that's fine if that's the way he feels. But I, I've seen him do things on on television and wrestling that I they don't oh. offend me, but I think that they're of a similar
1: nature.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, Booker T, I want to have bestiality sex with your wife. See stuff like that,
0: which or, he might have if that I produced just realized Jason People George. could
1: edit. People could edit that.
4: <laughs> right. Your mother taught me how. You know, shit like that, or or uh, the um, the adultery storyline with with Stephanie. Yeah, you know, but yeah, you bring you bring the crucifixion into it, and I just I don't like this at all.
1: Yeah,
0: but uh, we close up the promo. Heyman looks at the camera one last time. Here he has everybody. He he he, uh, has everybody look at the you know give one last big chant. Does EC fucking W? I love that he actually just went. I was like, I'm gonna drop it anyway. I don't care. They can censor it, whatever. I'm gonna drop an F, and that was cool. That was cool that he dropped that in there. So. You know, it's a great moment. It's a great moment on the pay-per-view to have Heyman come out and cut a promo. It's, you know, with the exception mm-hmm. of Matt Frickin' Hardy, it's a pretty solid all-around promo and has one of the greatest, you know, put-downs of all time in there. Oh, absolutely. So we then, uh, did, I, I love this. Like, on you guys' when you guys watch it, did it go to a preview for The Devil's Rejects? No. 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 <laughs> no. What,
4: did, did you watch a Sean Long edit here? Yeah, I did. I did it. Oh. No. Oh. No, I had no idea.
0: Yeah, it's a, they just show a preview for it. No big deal. But then that no, leads us into... Though. I know. It leads us into our main event here. Jason, you're going to have a lot to drive through here, so I'm just going to give a little brief, brief uh, preview here. Are you back? Did Chris Benoit make you tap?
3: A couple times. Uh, he was coming through, and you were you were pixelated as hell. It oh was God. bad.
0: <laughs>
1: it sounds like you got your throat. Are you all right? <laughs> Oh, Sorry, oh, was, it, it, for you guys was now? it new jack got him
3: no
0: no <laughs> kidney stone didn't get me not yet um so all right real, so real quick we got the dudleys against sandman and tommy dreamer the dudleys hadn't actually been on wwe tv since 04 and would be released from their contracts the following month both men would join tna later that year where they would win the nwa world tag titles become the first recognized tna world tag champions uh, when the NWA ended its business relationship with TNA, as well as two-time IWGP Tag Team Champions. Devon would win the TNA TV belt twice. Bubba Ray as Bully Ray would win the TNA world title twice as well. Dreamer would become a 14-time WWF Hardcore Champion, losing the title <laughs> for the final time in a hardcore vs IC title unification bout to RVD at MSG. He would then mostly work backstage prior to one night stand. Sandman would mostly wrestle in XPW, 3PW, TNA and other various indies, not doing much of no prior to this appearance he would win the TNA Hard 10 tournament and the XPW King of the Death Match Championship. Jason, take it away. This is a lot to go through.
3: Yeah, we always make the uh fire everything joke and this is I think this is literally the fire everything. There's so much <laughs> stuff happening in this match. Um as everyone starts to come out, um the Dudley's come and it's it's weird. It's like this is ECW so the Dudley shouldn't have any music.
2: Yeah. It's they I mean it's just great, it's just going they come out and
3: talk. The, yeah, they just kinda of come out and you figure, you know, there's no sign guy, they don't have Gertner with them. Um, they just come out to their WWE music and and everyone's kind of excited. Here comes Tommy Dreamer. People don't know who it is because the music, uh, which is a big shock because then here comes the Sandman and people go, What is this? Um <laughs> As the sh- sandman, the, the third best match of this whole night is the sandman trying to fight his way through the crowd to get to the ring.
2: Um,
3: because <laughs> that's so twat cool.
1: hits himself with the cane,
3: yeah. I mean, because these people, all that they're clinging, yeah, they're clinging on to him, they're having a good time. This music is going through. Sandman's fly is open and his white t shirt is tucked through, poking out. Um, which is very evident when he does this. I'm going to stand here on the rail for this one part, but even the, there's no Metallica, so what is he? what's he doing in, in
1: the live version it was metallica because again you can it actually was? yes yeah, yeah. under the 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 network edit again you know listening through earphones you can hear oh no just little bits and pieces of it just just
2: there
4: weird wow. okay um cuz i was so, actually starting to really like that song the network version
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
4: it's
3: it's kind of grown on me <laughs> And Sandman is just obliterated. Um because yes. he is he is this now as much as we said we couldn't stand all the cuts to JBL in the last match, I just wish he was mic'd for whatever he was yelling at
0: Sandman because um, man, I think
1: if good. I think if you have the DVD of this, you can switch to alternate JBL commentary.
0: Yes, there is. I was gonna talk about no. it after we were done. Yep, but that's okay. Oh. We can oh. talk about it.
2: <laughs>
4: sure. <laughs> Can I make a quick comment about the worst thing Foley said all night? It's right here.
2: Go okay. for it, man. Oh, yeah. Here we oh, come. Yeah.
4: I don't understand what this means. I don't know where he, the fuck it came from, but Foley decided to say it. So Sandman is, like, standing on the guardrail, and all the fans are helping him stand, and he's helping them drink, and it's great. There's this little pause, and then Mick Foley chimes in with this gem. He says... They believe because he believes. <laughs> yeah. What?
1: That's one of those. It sounded in Mick Foley's head. In his head. It's, it sounded <laughs> prophetic. It sounded wonderful. It was. It was like the best soundbite ever.
4: But um, um, it was my favorite. It was my favorite thing he said
1: all night. felt like I said, Foley was a WWE commentator. He was very soundbitey. Yeah. The Milan
4: yeah. Miracle. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Least he wasn't plugging Twitter. Um, so we cut back to the Sandman still having his entrance, uh, jerking off his cane like he's Francine as yep. the WWF guys. Uh, and then he and Tommy Dreamer go to perceive to pour boobs on girls that could be classified as sevens at best. Um, <laughs> that's, not just, that's not just any girl, that's Electra, yeah, yeah. right. Well, the other girl was, not yeah, poor Electra yeah, looks horrible with her super, like, botched bleached hair, um, but old Chetty's right there, and so C.W. And Anderson, so it was kind of cool. seeing them. Yeah, it was really cool that they were there. Um, then they finally get in, Joey Styles pumps up how much that the Dudleys and Tommy Dreamer and Sandman love each other, and they love each other. They go to fist bump, and then the BWO music hits. And oh my oh. God, Eric Bischoff! Eric Bischoff's face is priceless. Yes, yeah. legitimately think he had no idea that this shit existed. Yeah, yeah. I, think,
1: I, I think I think that was, was his was... first time
3: seeing them. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, what are these guys doing? They're making fun of the greatest creation I ever stole. Um, right. And, and it's so cool. They come out and. Then here comes Kid Cash, here comes Balls and Axle.
1: Uh, this literally- Kid Cash labeled as Mr. TNA.
3: That's true, yeah. That.
1: Total <laughs> nonstop attitude.
3: <laughs> and all his charisma is completely gone without the kid rock gimmick. Um true. And then it's this turned into every ECW pay-per-view we've ever watched with the main event. There's so much shit. It finally gets going, uh, 18 minutes in almost these guys you know you're we talking about how tanaka and and awesome go all out these guys do an all-out ecw match as far mm-hmm. as the, the the bleeding like crazy the cheater, the crowd starts chanting for new jack and nice. you know, with everything do you going, know what you're asking for really <laughs> expected um, he just pops up behind jbl It'd be it'd be great. if he no.
0: it would have been great if it was Vince in blackface, dressed up as New Jack, that came
2: out. Oh, 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 oh.
0: With the do
3: rag on. Um,
2: this is a what's up. I'm gonna
1: have to fire up WWE <laughs> 2K17 now and make new
2: Vince. No, no we're <laughs> new moves. <not. Vince.
3: laughs> um, I like new. this. There's this great little spot where Bubba Ray hits everybody with the kendo stick and then just throws in the air and audibly yells fuck and goes and gets a table. Yes. Um, I mean like like as much as it's just really cut and paste ECW stuff. It's everything we've seen. It's really fun. Like this crowd is super into it. Um there you know it's a combination of the, these guys are beating the shit out of each other. They're turning around, shooting looks to the the guys in the balcony. The crowd staring at the balcony, though, a good chunk of the match, um, which is sad. There's so much stuff going around it. The Dudleys, of course, win because they're the fucking Dudleys. Um, yes. And there's no way anything going to beat them. Tommy Dreamer is just Tommy Dreamer. It's yeah, <laughs> yeah, true.
4: He's, he's <laughs> going to lose.
3: <laughs> Jake the Snake showed up in a $4 polo shirt and bowed. Um, but what's, what I love, and I know we'll get into it here, is where Tommy Dreamer is laying there Fucking bloody as shit. Because oh, and Bula, so gross. Oh, he's gross. Beulah runs in. There's this great moment. Tommy gets to shit beat at him some more. Sandman tries resuscitating by screaming, "Get me a beer!" Over and over again. Um, and that just kind of triggers fan service three sixteen. We'll, we'll go we'll talk to
0: that. about that. Yeah, yep. we'll at, do that. Yeah, um, that's another whole I would give this. I mean, like this. This is six and a half for me. It's nice. fun. Nice. Yeah. 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 I think that's fair. I think that's fair, Charlie. What would you think of all the the a lot of mayhem here? There's a cat fight even in this too. Uh, I think. right? Yes, there is. Um, and it, and it's Beulah though. Like that's the weird thing
4: Beulah she was more of a she was more of a figure in ECW before the pay per view era.
2: <laughs> you know.
4: So it's like it's it's cool to see her. And you know, because but uh, during this entire season. We've only seen her through, I guess, video packages. And even though she did play a hell of a part in ECW, as, as they point out in the documentary, oh, it was the first uh, lesbian storyline. I'm like, cool, I guess. I mean, like, oh, God, in the footage, that's brutal. But um, now the the match is uh, starting to feel a little samey.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, I hate that this was the main event. Like, like I mean, I get it, but like they they could have they could have pulled something together. I, I think a little bit better than this. I, I think it's just kind of a shoe in that Tommy Dreamer would be in the main event of an ECW pay per view. Um, match is okay. Uh, I'm not I'm not crazy about it. I, although trying, I, I actually have more fun trying to read JBL's lips. Oh, I yeah. wish he was mic'd because I know I read it a couple of times on his mouth, and I'm I, I began to wonder. How many times in his life he has said the word faggot?
2: Oh, I'm, yeah.
4: I'm genuinely curious because that's what I I, I know that's what I saw several times. And, and yeah, he was loaded. And I was trying to like see how much beer was in their hand. It, it, and unfortunately, it seemed like every time they cut up there, to one of the wrestlers that was holding a beer. The beer was always full.
2: Yeah.
4: So yeah, <laughs> I don't exactly know why that would be, but uh, I I know that they were drinking. Like they had to be. Um, uh, I do think it's sad that the Blue Meanie um, has regained all of his weight. Yeah. That, he, uh, how he lost all of it and then, you know, ECW goes under. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pass the croissants. <sighs> it, weirdly, I mean, this
1: is, this is a, a, a weird apropos of nothing tangent, but I've just been reading this wrestling themed comic book and it's, one of the plot threads is like old guys on the road with young guys and like the stopping in diners and the same, you know, chicken as plain as you can get it to keep in shape. And then as soon as uh, the, when the young guy knows that the older guy is going to retire is when he orders a burger. <laughs> oh, wow. That's how he knows that he's, he's going to retire because he oh, stops no. giving a shit about what he eats.
4: Oh, God. Um To call back to the new Jack Vince McMahon thing, uh, his name would, I think his name would be New Mac. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah, just wanted to throw that in there real quick. Um, the BWO, man, I'll just say it, I always thought that thing sucked. I, I, I hate it. And I did like that Joey Stiles pointed out, if there was ever a gimmick that didn't deserve to make money but ended up making a boatload for us, it was uh, the BWO. Yeah. And uh, he, Joey's got a couple of nice little digs at some of the wwe creative decisions like the fact that nova was simon dean
0: yeah right. that's right yeah
4: yeah so there's that and uh St- stevie richards uh, he really does sound like Shawn michaels sometimes yes like it's 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 weird and and i actually really i've always liked his promos but the one thing like it's like he i don't know i've only noticed this within the last couple of days but they really tried to make we're taken over like a, a saying for them or a catchphrase. Yeah. He's like, "We've got three words for you," and I'm like, "Well, what what could this be? You know, DX has two words, but you're telling me you have three? And fucking suck it." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's just the way he says it. He's like, "We got three words for you. We're taking over."
2: <laughs> yep.
4: Uh, he just doesn't sound really happy about it. <laughs> but no, I give the match well, What what I give this
1: 5 5, yeah, I give
4: this
0: five. okay yeah. martin real quick what'd you give it man um
1: this was i mean as far as we knew this was going to be the last ever ecw show like of any cut ca- wear shape or form so it's kind of fitting that it is this chaotic fuster clock of uh, <laughs> of a match just you know just get everybody out there just just, just go go whole hog it's It's fine for what it is. It's a relatively fun Dudley's Dreamer-Sandman match. Um, There's some nice stuff, like a a bloody Dreamer hugging Bueller like in the centre of the ring is like a a weird moment of of poetic romance in ECW. Um, It's... Like I said, it's just weird. I mean, the impact players in interfering like halfway through—it's like that. It's like they're building to something that c- cannot possibly pay off. That's the one thing of this that doesn't make a, a ton of sense to me. But I, I really didn't mind it. The only thing that gets me is that at some point Joey tells us that Dreamer is thirty-four. Yeah, on this pay-per-view. Was
4: he 25 a few years ago? Yeah. I think
1: with the Carino stuff, he was like 28 or something. But it's like, fuck off, he's 50 years old. (laughs) Tommy Dreamer, Tommy Dreamer ages in dog years. If you look at him on this pay-per-view, he is is not a healthy man. And this is coming from someone who's going to need a hip replacement
3: soon. Oh, man. Well, he's been at Logan's Roadhouse all the time, getting all those t-shirts, wearing pay-per-views.
1: Yes, um, but like I said, it's it's perfect. I think this is kind of what a lot of people think when ECW comes up. The, yeah, you know, their their mind kind of goes to this kind of stuff first. Um, I went with a with a six.
0: Yeah, I'm right with you, man. It's it's all it's it is a it's a good way to close the show with what you have. Obviously, without RVD, they couldn't do what they really wanted to do. But it's all right. It's not a bad way to close it out. You know, it's just the, you throw everything at it. You know, just like you would at a regular ECW show. So, totally. I'm in agreement with you. Six out of 10 on my end. So, then that takes us now. Afterwards, the Dudleys grab Beulah. Sandman returns a cane, everyone. Mick has a great pull referencing Beulah getting her neck broken by the Dudleys. And yep. then the Sandman starts calling for beer, which is hilarious. We've never seen him really do this, but that's when, you know, Steve Austin's music blow- comes out and he blows the roof off with his entrance wearing his XFL Las Vegas Outlaws jersey. <laughs> Good pull.
4: <laughs> Austin says, Sandman needs a case cl- of beer. <laughs> huh? It's
1: clearly laundry day in the Austin household. Oh, yeah. yeah, really. <laughs>
4: XFL is long gone by this point.
0: Austin Great. says, Sandman needs a case of beer. In fact, he wants all the ECW locker room to come out for a beer bash. Then Rob Z- they play Rob Zombie, which is awesome. Or right, white zombie. Really? I think that's technically white zombie. I, I don't think it's probably on your Reddit, but they I think they play Thunder Kiss 66 Or is it Thunderkiss 66 Oh, they did? 65. 65 that's what it is they play that oh,
1: on the network it's bodies yeah
0: okay so they, it's awesome you, you hear that and I, was, I didn't get it at first I was like that's awesome they're playing that though but yep everyone starts coming out Austin cuts a promo calling out Raw and Smackdown to come down and whip ECW's ass Austin grabs a chair and a beer and calls Angle and JBL yellow cowards. He then gives them. It's like all of a sudden Steve Austin becomes a dad in the station wagon with the kids in the back seat and says, "I'm going to give you 10 seconds, or he's going to come. He's going to come up there and whip their asses." Ron Smack Smackdown then obliged to crowd starts a "We want Taz" chant. Oh, sorry, Martin. Please,
1: uh, just the Austin going. Oh, you lucky bastards.
0: Yep, I love it. Um, Taz enters then with the. Uh, His classic ECW theme. He looks a lot bigger than he used to, folks, but that's okay. Uh, He's
1: Taz with four (laughs) Z's. (laughs) Right.
0: Nailed it. I love it. Um, I love that the face off is with Taz and Angle. That's really cool to see. Taz locks in the Taz mission on Angle on the outside. ECW cleans house. We'll talk about JBL and Meanie in a little bit, but after they bring back, after he brings uh, Austin to the ring, or I'm sorry, Austin, I'm sorry, Cactus brings Bischoff to the ring, Sandman is practically trying to fillet Austin to get a beer. <laughs> finally, he finally oh, got damn goddamn son here. <laughs> <laughs> like,
2: what is he
0: <laughs> It's hilarious. Dudley's, uh, he asks, the, he calls on the Dudley's to give Bischoff a 3D. They oblige. And then he orders Benoit to kill the son of a bitch. With a diving headbutt. Oh no. Ray then delivers another booed 619 <laughs> that the crooked. Crum- <laughs> well, they, you think you hated it before.
5: <laughs> yeah. Austin
0: then, like, faux interviews the fallen Bischoff about his thoughts on the evening. Bischoff says, fuck ECW, or he says WWF a billion times. I'm not sure which. <laughs> Austin then has Bischoff. It's so good. He, Austin picks up, or has a, Bischoff <laughs> picked up and delivers one final stunner. The Dudleys get rid of Bischoff, and the beer drinking is on it's Austin theme. Austin's theme plays again, and then we hear bodies play again, and the show goes off the air. I really love one of the final images is Austin and Sandman on the ramp together. Uh, yeah. That's a really cool image there. Um, and I also love that it's a good callback to when Steve Austin was running the Alliance. You know, it was kind of a neat yeah. callback to that in a way. Yeah. So yep. Kind of interesting, but um, real quick, let's hit this Blue Meanie thing here. This is uh, from the Bleacher. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> let's hit this thing up. This is from Bleacher Report in 2012. They had gotten this all these quotes put down. This is what Colin dug up. Blood and sweat slid down the Blue Meanie's face. The adrenaline from the crowd subdued his pain for the moment, but his eye would soon blacken and stitches he had from the night before would need to be re-sewn. On June 12th at ECW's One Night Stand, a of wrestlers filled the ring, fists flying. Steve Austin, Kurt Angle, Taz, The Sandman, and a throng of others staged a brawl. In the midst of that action, JBL pounded on Blue Meanie's face with full force shots. A real fight broke out between them. In an, inter- in, in an interview with uh, Arturo O'Cal, Blue Meanie said that JBL punched open a series of staples he had in his head. The Blue Meanie went on to say we started throwing live rounds at each other. Why did John Bradshaw Layfield bust Blue Meanie's face open in the interpromotional brawl? What led him to become an enraged bull? Words inspiring violence. After the incident, Blue Meanie posted on his MySpace that it's no secret that Bradshaw never liked me from my first day in the WWE to my last. JBL has himself admitted that he has hazed wrestlers, uh, wrestling newbies, a large part of... Um, his reason, he has a reputation as a backstage bully. That's a big reason to do with it. JBL repeatedly angered Joey Styles by picking on him until the announcer finally clocked him in the face. In an interview on WWE.com, JBL said, the incident with the media had nothing to do with any old heat. I don't even know the guy. I couldn't care less about that fat little kid. How, how much of that is JBL speaking from his character is hard to tell. Former ECW wrestler Danny Doring was in the ring that night as well. He said in a shoot interview that JBL and Blue Meany had bad blood between them before the incident. Doring went on to say that Blue Meany was taunting JBL. In Blue Meany's aforementioned MySpace message, he says that JBL was yelling at him about things Meanie had said to him on the internet. Meanie claimed that his unflattering words had been a part of the show. In a business where real and storyline hatred is hard to separate, you'd expect legitimate animosity to bleed into the ring. Regardless of JBL's reasons for pummeling Meanie, he went too far that night. Meany said in an interview published on WrestleView.com that he had been in the ring with step people before, but JBL was just being unprofessional. The Blue Meanie considered filing a lawsuit, but instead their differences resolved over time with clear heads uh, prevailing. Retaliation. Okay, things would get more violent before they would get more peaceful, though. WWE embraced the tension between the two, pitting them in a match on an episode of SmackDown. Fellow Blue World Order member Stevie Richards interfered on Blue Meanie's behalf he struck JBL with a vicious chair shot that he claimed. No, it's bad. You know, later Never in, seen it. <laughs> he yeah. claimed he had it coming. It's that simple. But,
5: <laughs> good. <laughs> fucking good. But it's, what's, what's
0: interesting now is like, uh, since then, it seems like, yeah, Blue Meanie and JBL have kind of resolved this and they've kind of become their own, uh, I guess, buddies to an extent. I don't know how, if I'd go oh, that bullshit. far. But, you know. JBL found new targets. Yes. But man, it's a hell of a way to end the show—the brawl and everything. Just um, oh yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a hell of a show. One night stand is really really special. It's a really special show. I'll tell you guys right up front, cage. It, there's no way our ratings hit where um, uh, uh, cagematch.net put. They have it like at a nine eight six. It's unreal the ratings this show gets. Ooh. So I don't think ours are going to get nearly that. Cage large.
4: match has it at that.
0: Yeah, it's. Enormously high. We're usually so close with them.
4: Yeah, not uh, this yeah. time.
0: And even though we like well, it, I think overall we well, liked the it. Thing.
4: Like when when we review these these shows, it's a it's match quality. Right. We're not reviewing the show as a whole because the show as a whole, I'd probably put it right around a nine. Yeah, I probably yeah. would. I love this show. I always have. It's so good. It's one of the. It's not just a great show. It's one of the best ECW pay per views. It really is.
0: Yeah. Totally. Totally. No, I agree. <laughs> but,
4: I have our numbers tallied up.
2: Okay, what are they?
4: If you want to hear them. Okay, so uh, here we go. So um, me and Martin have the show rated highest at a 6.5 apiece. Uh, Will you have it at the lowest with a 6.14? Well, God dang. Well, God, I thought I'd out (laughs) you. How's it feel? All right, Jason has it at a 6.2. And all around, we rate the show match quality only. Uh, We rate the show a 6.34.
0: Okay. I got you. Cool. Cool. Well, I mean, this is what's cool. That's our highest. I I don't think we've ever gone that high. No, not even close. No. And so the neat thing now is this show is special because now, because it does so well, they're going to do it again. And it's going to be even more significant when our next episode, when we do One Night Stand 06, because it's the launching of the brand, the relaunching. Of it, so
2: oh dear.
4: So yeah. we can talk about ECW on Sci-Fi a little bit. Oh
0: yeah, which oh.
4: just hit the network.
0: Yeah, it's yep. great. great how that worked out. So man, oh man. So um, uh, like we said, next episode ECW. Uh, it's gonna be ECW One Night Stand '06. We're gonna be we talking a little bit about them being on the Sci-Fi channel, how that all worked out, things of that nature. We're coming close. We're getting closer to episode 100. So after One Night Stand, we'll do December to December. And then episode 100, we are going to do Hardcore Justice. We're going to watch it. <laughs> we're going to watch it. You know, why not? What's a good way to celebrate 100 episodes is to watch uh, a, real TNA, TNA, <laughs> a real gem. And then by that point, too, we will talk about what we're going to do next after ECW. So stay tuned. It will be announced. It'll be coming soon. But um, in the meantime, please continue to follow us on Facebook, New Blood Rising Podcast. On Twitter, we're at New Blood Pod. I myself, I'm at William Rinkin83.
3: I'm at the Jason Kiesler. I am
0: at CM underscore
1: And I'm at Bunny Sui We'll
0: see you guys next time for ECW or slash WWE, I guess, One Night Stand 2006.
5: What it meant to me will eventually be a memory of a time when I I tried so hard